0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FAA podcast. Good to have Logan here, as always. Uh, it wasn't the craziest weekend of football we've seen, but there were some upsets a little bit. And um, I know you and I both have certain games and things we want to rant about. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That's for sure. Let's get into it here. Starting with uh, college on Friday night, this is my first rant. Um, Houston 33 32 over Memphis. And Memphis deserved to lose this game. I mean, they were up 24 to 7, I believe, at one point. I had the under 57 and a half in this game. Which I was like I was working, so I wasn't watching the game, but I was listening to it. And I was like, you know, sounds good. I, I think we're we're good. We're we're pretty low scoring to start here. Twenty to seven entering the fourth quarter, Memphis is up. They go up twenty six to seven. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty much game you know, fourteen fifty to go in the fourth quarter. Houston outscores Memphis 26-12 to 12 in the fourth quarter to win the game, um, including a 100-yard kickoff return touchdown after they were down 29-13 to 13 with eight minutes to go. Um, so, yeah, with eight minutes to go, you're up by two scores and two two-point conversions. And you somehow allow... Um. 20 uh, to get out you, you somehow allow yourself to get out scored 20 to 3 in the last 8 minutes of the game
1: so,
0: yeah yeah
1: it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough look and you know this is one of the reasons why I'm always wary, wary of betting over under in college football is because like You'll have games like this where it's like, okay, like, through three quarters there's not much going on. And then all of a sudden there's, like, 50 points scored in the last 15 minutes. (laughs) It's absurd, but that's part of the territory. Um, Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean, Houston has been in this type of game all season. It's been just one score... And, you know, they've gone to overtime three times this year already out of six games. They're not good. Like, they're they're not that good. Uh, They just constantly get in these close games, and by their record, they win half of them. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, (laughs) that's why they're 500. I mean, the more close games you're in, the more likely you're going to lose some of those. So, that speaks to the record.
0: Yeah, Clayton Toon, 63.2%, 366, three touchdowns and a pick, seven carries, 20 yards and another touchdown. Seth Hennigan for Memphis, 65.6%, 241, one touchdown, 12 carries, 24 yards. Not much on the ground for either team. Uh, Asa Martin for Memphis, though, seven carries, 32 yards. Also added two catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, He scored on a 41-yard pass there uh, from Gabriel Rogers, the receiver, in trick play. Five catches, 71 yards, two carries, 23 yards, and one of two passing for 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, One 100-yard receiver in this game. It was Houston wide receiver Sam Brown, nine catches, 116 yards. And uh, Houston wide receiver Nathaniel Dell, 10 catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Houston wide receiver Keyshawn Carter, he scored twice uh, to go along, four catches, 36 yards. And um, probably defensively, I'm going to go with the bottom guy, Memphis defensive lineman Cormonte Hamilton. Two tackles, both of them solos. A uh, sack, tackle for loss, pass flexion, two QB hurries. And then, like I said, defensive back Jace Rogers for Houston. Uh, on defense, he had five tackles, three solos, and a half tackle for loss. But he added that 100-yard kickoff return touchdown. Memphis, plus one and a half, over 57 and a half. San Jose State blowing out UNLV at home. 40-7, to Chevin Cordero, the Hawaii transfer was fantastic, 66.7%, 230, two touchdowns, uh, and on the ground he was even better, 14 carries, 109 yards, and two more touchdowns there. Quarterback struggled for UNLV, Cameron uh, Friel, 68.2%, 153, one touchdown and a fumble, and Doug Brumfield was absolutely terrible, one of six, 16.7%, eight yards. Yeah, this is the first uh, SJSU game we've had this season, and they look pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty statement win. Um, you know, both teams pretty evenly matched record-wise coming in, and for you to just kind of blow them out like that, um, it's impressive. This is a conference game too, right?
0: Yeah. Yep, Mountain West's yeah. conference game.
1: So, a yeah, that'll have that'll – have very important um, implications for them hopefully reaching the uh, the conference championship.
0: Uh, receivers in note in this one, tight end Dominic Mazzotti for San Jose State, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, defensively, you got to go with the top guy, UNLV linebacker, Austin Ajiaki, uh, 13 tackles, six of them solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss. San Jose State covered, minus 6.5, under 51.5. Saturday, number four, Michigan, 31-10 over Indiana. Struggled in this game early until the fourth quarter. They outscored them 21-0. But it was 10-10 most of the way. And um, they finally got it going. Blake Corum ripped off a long run and then punched it in at the one-yard line uh jj mccarthy was great again 77.8 percent 304 three touchdowns and a pick four carries 26 yards connor Baselak uh for the hoosiers 51 percent completion 203 yards one touchdown and a pick and um guy i have a heisman future on blake corum another good game 25 carries 124 yards and a touchdown um yeah that's not a bad
1: bet um considering the sheer volume that he's kind of getting right now
0: yeah michigan keeps rolling uh they won't this weekend though (laughs) against penn state (laughs) just saying uh kind of a foreshadowing to our our preview of that game on friday but um Michigan wide receiver Ronnie Bell, great game, 11 catches, 121 yards. And uh, wide receiver Cornelius Johnson, four catches, 58 yards. Two touchdowns for him. It's kind of interesting, Michigan's tight end situation, because preseason everyone was looking at Eric All, but tight end Luke Schoonmaker has been the guy uh, catching the ball and uh, making the plays at tight end. So nine catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown in this one. Um And defensively, Michigan linebacker Ayabi Oki, three tackles, one solo a sack, one-and-a-half tackles for loss, two pass deflections, and a QB hurry. Indiana did cover, plus 23 and, a half, and the under 57 and a half hit. Michigan dropped down uh, a rank this week, even with the, the hey, really? win. Really? Yeah. Did they swap them in Clemson? Uh, yes, yeah. Cause Georgia went to one, Ohio State went to two, Bama went to three, Clemson to four. Number eight Tennessee romping over number twenty five LSU forty to thirteen. Um, yeah, I had LSU plus three, which was a great time. Uh, <laughs> they are so bad compared to Tennessee. Uh, with Jaden Daniels, 71.1%, 300 yards, one touchdown and a pick, 16 carries, 38 yards. Hendon Hooker, 63%, 239, two touchdowns, 10 carries, 56 yards. Uh, Jabari Small, though, for Tennessee, 22 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns, and a three-yard catch. They were running the ball um, at will, and... Hooker probably didn't have as many yards passing because LSU is setting them up at the 50-plus every almost every drive, including the opening. I mean, it started horribly for LSU. They fumbled the opening kickoff. They muffed that. Tennessee recovered, scored a touchdown. Then they go three and out, punt the ball back. Tennessee goes down, gets a field goal. They're they're down 10 nothing within the first 5 minutes of the game. <laughs> it was crazy how bad they started. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Hooker looked much sharper than like maybe the box score says just for that reason you said is like LSU's defense just collapsed. And their offense wasn't generating enough yards on the ground to get them in positions where Tennessee was going like the length of the field and stuff like that. But, man, Tennessee, man, they're humming along. They are, a, I think, a scary team um, for some of the, uh, the blue bloods in um, in the SEC. I am pumped for this weekend, the, uh,
0: the Bama-Tennessee game. Uh, yeah, so. they, they jumped up two spots, the number six now. That's a 3-6 matchup against Bama this week in Knoxville. Um. yeah the, like you said no ground game Jaden Daniels was the leading rusher for LSU the leading ball carrier uh, <laughs> Josh Williams 7 carries 10 yards 1.4 average and a touchdown 2 catches 15 yards Brew McCoy was great for the Vols 7 catches 140 yards Jalen Hyatt scored twice on 4 catches for 63 yards and um, defensively, i got to go at the bottom guy. Guy I've been talking about almost every Tennessee game, defensive lineman Byron Young for the Volunteers, five tackles, two solos, two-and-a-half sacks, two-and-a-half tackles for loss. Moving up those edge rankings.
1: <laughs> yeah, and one thing I'll say before we move on here from this game is that Tennessee has had back-to-back pretty impressive wins here without probably their most talented wide receiver in Cedric Tillman, Tillman, who's going to get drafted pretty high next year. Um, So we'll see if they get him back this weekend, but pretty impressive stuff.
0: Tennessee covered easily minus 2.5, under 63.5. This was a great game. Number 17, TCU, 38-31 over number 19, Kansas. Uh, There has to be an asterisk on this game, though. Jalen Daniels got injured. Uh, Jason Bean balled out to the best of his ability. Um, The interception he threw was absolutely horrible. It just floated it across the middle, way behind his receiver, um, which led to a TCU touchdown. But I also want to mention that uh, the receiver play in this game was elite. The amount of toe-tap and just acrobatic catches, uh, three of them that I can remember, two for TCU, one for Kansas, um, it was just marvelous receiver play in the end zone specifically.
1: Yeah, and I tweeted, I said, we finally got the Quentin Johnston him game because he was a guy in a lot of the uh, way-too-early mock drafts that a lot of draft picks were... We're kind of salivating over, and you can see why. I mean, he's 6'4", 200 pounds, but he's pretty quick. I'm pretty quick with his feet. Um, And I I read an article. They asked him, you know, after the game, you know, kind of, is this kind of a vindication uh, for you coming out and doing this after a slow start? And he said, he's like, look, through our first four games, we were, um, I mean, they were double covering me. Mm-hmm. which just led to more opportunities for other guys, and you can't complain because you're winning. Um, but those guys took advantage of that to where your team like Kansas, you can't really, you know, just single out one guy um, because TC's offense has been so multiple. And that allowed him to finally have that breakout game um, that you're seeing here.
0: Yeah. Uh, the stats here, Max Duggan – TCU, 69.7%, 308, three touchdowns and a pick. Nine carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. Jason Bean, like I said, came in for Jalen Daniels, did well, 66.7%, 262, four touchdowns and a pick. uh, Made a record, a Kansas football record. The only quarterback in Kansas history to throw four touchdowns in a quarter. uh, Or in a, yeah, in a quarter, I believe it was. He threw all four in the fourth quarter, I think. Um, Seven carries, 34 yards for him. Jalen Daniels, when he did play, uh, was struggling, but the Jayhawk defense was also holding up on the other end, so it was a pretty close game the whole way. Uh, 50% 89 yards and a fumble. Uh, Two backs tied for the Rushing lead in the game, Kendra Miller for TCU, 18 carries, 88 yards, one touchdown, two catches for five yards. And Devin Neal for Kansas, 15 carries, 88 yards, one catch for one yard. Like you said, Quentin Johnston, uh, great game for him, TCU, 14 catches, 206 yards, and a touchdown. Um, The other guy that made the one acrobatic catch in the end zone for Kansas was another Quentin. It was the Quentin game, apparently, uh, (laughs) because Quentin Skinner was doing it on the other side for the Jayhawks. Four carries, or four receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Had a touchdown that was crazy, just dropped his knee in, somehow (laughs) got the knee down. I don't don't know how he got it in, but... uh, And it was... He couldn't overturn it, so... um, bunch of other guys scoring touchdowns there and then not a lot of defensive stats uh so i'm gonna go with tcu linebacker jamoy hodge seven tackles five solos one sack one tackle floss and one pick um kansas will be back depending on if jalen daniels has to miss any time i think it's probably similar to the bryce young situation for alabama um because it was a right shoulder injury. I mean, Bean
1: looked good. Yeah, like in so I think they'll be set and still be competitive um, in Jalen Daniels' absence. I think the thing that will change is kind of that that the dynamic aspect that, that Daniels brought in the run game. Um, but I think Bean will be good enough for them um, to win some games in the meantime.
0: Yeah, and that's the uh, added advantage of having a veteran backup. I mean, Jason Bean's a senior, so, you know, he knows how, he, how to do it. Uh, on the flip side, like I said, I was comparing it to Alabama, you know, they were playing a freshman in J- Jalen Milroe So, we'll talk about that game in a sec. Uh, but, yeah, TCU minus 7 pushed and uh, under 70.5 by 1.5. Number 23, Mississippi State crushing Arkansas, 40-17. to um, Mark has to be happy that I picked Mississippi State for him uh, and that he lone-wolfed it because you and I were on, on, on Wu-Pig Sui. But um, Mike Leach, dude, he's got this offense just chugging. Uh, Will Rogers, 64.6% completion, 395, three touchdowns, no turnovers. That's the game, and I didn't even well, I didn't know KJ wasn't gonna play.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that was yeah, me either. That was I mean obviously a huge component uh, of the game, but I mean Mississippi State they they have my full attention now, man. I mean like you said, Mike Leach has this offense humming. Will Rogers is looking incredibly sharp. Um, so yeah. I mean we'll see where they go. there's still a lot of ball left, but five and one in in the SEC is really good
0: gotta play bama eventually yeah <laughs> being in the SEC West so <laughs> that'll be a game uh and I would assume they will have Bryce Young back for that one so uh I don't know I'd have to look at it when that game actually is uh But, yeah, uh, that game is in two weeks in Tuscaloosa. So, yeah. It's tough ask. Uh, But the quarterbacks for Arkansas that did play, Malik Hornsby, uh, 8 of 17, 47.1%, 234, one touchdown, two picks, better on the ground, eight carries, 114 yards. And then Cade Fortin, uh, 206, 33.3%, eight yards. Dylan Johnson, that's one thing that I think is being overlooked with the Mississippi State offense. Dylan Johnson has been running very well, and their run game has been going good. Uh, 17 carries, 100 yards even, two touchdowns, two catches for 49 yards for him. Um, And then also, I guess this is kind of their, like, pounder, and then their receiving back because Jaquavius Marks, 16 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. But then he caught 11 balls for 80 yards, uh, was their leading receiver on the day. So that's a that's a lot of receptions for a running back in one game. Good Lord. And then 100-yard uh, receiver in this one, Arkansas wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood, the Oklahoma transfer, three catches, 113 yards. Defensively, I'm going to go with Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders. Sixteen tackles, three solos, one pass flex, and a QB hurry. That's the thing, dude. They got Sanders and Poole are like one of the best linebacker combos in the in the country, but they can't do everything. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh Mississippi State cover minus eight and a half, over fifty five and a half. Red River Showdown, uh, one team showed and the other team was down. So I guess it makes sense in the name. Uh, I don't like that they changed it to a showdown. I, I think they should have kept it at shootout. Uh, I don't know why they changed it. Probably some stupid political thing against guns or whatever. I don't know. But this these teams are in Texas and Oklahoma everyone's got guns (laughs) 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 but man dude 49 nothing uh oklahoma shut out for the first time in a long time and this was the biggest uh loss in the series since like 66 or something like that um but yeah quinn ewers was great 67.7 percent 289 four touchdowns a pick Two carries, seventeen yards, and Bijan was Bijan. Twenty-two carries, hundred thirty yards, two touchdowns, two catches for fifteen yards, and no, yeah. no, uh, Dylan Gabriel in this game.
1: Yeah, and and obviously that makes that makes a big difference. But still, to get shut out in a game like this, you know, it's your biggest game on your schedule every year. Um, it's tough. And, you know, Hudson Card looks good in relief of Quinn yours, but I can't help but wonder what Texas's record would look like if he hadn't gone down mm-hmm. with that injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really impressed with Sarkeesian for how he's been able to kind of instill some hype back in, into Texas, man. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they're keeping alive in the Big 12, despite um, being unranked. They are ranked again, though, now, um, tied with Kentucky for number 22. So they are back in the top 25 after this game. Uh, Davis Bevel struggled mightily, um, 6 of 12, 50%, 38 yards and a pick. Maybe they should have went the general booty. Um <laughs> Which is, they were talking about this dude on college game day, and it's like that's one of that's the greatest probably name I've ever heard. There is literally a guy named first name General, last name Booty, and Pat McAfee was having a ball with his name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you look at that stat. Like, what did you have to lose, man? Like. Look, General Booty comes in and leads a, comeba- a comeback against Texas. Forget it, man. The statue's going up, like, <laughs> after the game. Well, Why and, not?
0: And you think they would have learned from last year. That's that's what yeah. happened last year. Dylan Gabriel came in in the Red River Shootout, and they won after they were down a lot with Spencer Rattler struggling. So, you know, you know. Brett venable you got to try, at least. Um, it doesn't help when you run a trick play and your running back throws an interception. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Eric Gray did, 11 carries, 59 yards, one of two passing and a pick. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, Texas's other running back, Keelan Robinson, he called a touchdown. Leading receiver in the game, Jordan Whittington. Five catches, 97 yards. He's having a fantastic season. Uh, and then Texas tight end, Jatavian Sanders. Five catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns for him. Defensively, not a lot here, but uh, Texas defensive lineman, Keandre Coburn. Three tackles, one solo, a half a sack, and two tackles for loss. Texas cover, minus seven and a half, under 65. Purdue upsetting the Terps in College Park, thirty-one twenty-nine. 29 Aiden O'Connell, what a day. 73.2%, 360, two touchdowns, a pick, and a fumble. Talia Tagavailoa matched him, essentially. 68.4%, 315, three touchdowns, a pick, and a rushing touchdown. Neither team could run the ball at all. Um, and... Two hundred yard receivers here, tight ends. Uh, Payne Durham for Purdue, seven catches, hundred nine yards and a touchdown. And uh, Corey Dykes for Maryland, four catches, hundred six yards, two touchdowns for them. I was I, I didn't watch this whole game, but uh, I watched. I got the end. Maryland went down, scored it, got the twenty nine. Had to go for two, they didn't get the two. So, but the touchdown itself. Uh, to get to the two-point conversion was a crazy good play by Talia. Uh, kind of falling down, rolled out to the right, uh, kind of falling down, getting tackled, and he just threw it into the end zone somehow and uh, found his guy near the sideline there. Yeah. Both these
1: teams are tough outs, man. Like, you look on your schedule... And you see them coming down the pipe, and you're a little nervous because they're they'll hang around. Um, they're they're both kind of those teams where it's like upset watch. Um, mm-hmm. And Purdue has been <laughs> more recently seems like every season now they somehow upset you know some ranked team when they aren't supposed to. But I mean that's evidenced here in, in kind of how this game unfolded, what it kind of looked like, and how close it was.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for Talia because he doesn't get a lot of defensive help. <laughs> I mean, even like against Michigan State, they were having a good day, but they still that one was still relatively close. So, if if Maryland can find a defense, I mean, there's not a lot of people that I don't think Talia couldn't beat. Uh, Defensively, I'm going to go with Maryland linebacker Darrell and Chami. Four tackles, all of them solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Purdue plus three over 59.5. By the hook. Number 24, Cincinnati 28-24 over USF. I have no clue what happened in this game because I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't get the chance to watch it. But I thought Cincinnati would just crush USF because of how bad USF is. But I guess it's a conference game. It was in Cincinnati, like it's not even like they were on the road. <laughs> they won by four points, uh, and and Ben Bryant was not very good. Um, 71.4% is great, but only 178 yards, two touchdowns. He had through two picks. Um, and, you know, Jerry Bohannon was okay, 52.4%, 139 yards, two touchdowns. But he had 14 carries for 117 yards. That was probably what kept the Bulls in the game. Let's see, Charles McClellan was the offense, though, for the Bearcats. Uh, twenty-one carries, hundred seventy-nine yards, two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, this is this obviously this isn't the Cincinnati of last year. You don't expect them to be with just the sheer amount of talent that they lost on both sides of the ball. But I mean, yeah, I mean they're still going to be competitive uh, in the American Conference. Um, you know, they they might win it by default without you know. Some of the conference play goes about, but yeah, they'll definitely have to
0: um, play better um, and not play down to their competition. <laughs> uh, One hundred yard receiver in this game, wide receiver Xavier Weaver for USF, seven receptions, hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns for them. Uh, defensively, going to go with the bottom guy, linebacker Wilson Huber for Cincinnati, eight tackles, two solos, two and a half tackle swass and a QB hurry. Uh, USF plus 27, uh, under 58.5. Deep South's oldest rivalry wasn't really a game. Number two, Georgia, crushing Auburn 42-10 to 10 between the hedges. Um, Stetson was decent, 68.8%, 208, uh, three carries, 64 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Had a miraculous 61-yard rushing touchdown, <laughs> where the kid, the kid put on the speed. <laughs>
1: I knew he had the wheels, man. Yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> I said, "Holy crap, man! I can't believe he actually <laughs> ran that." Um, but Robbie Ashford for Auburn struggled mightily. 34.2 percent, 165 yards a touchdown, nine carries, 50 yards, and a fumble. Uh, of his own doing, hitting his thigh or knee, whatever it was, that made him fumble. But uh, you saw Georgia carry the the second half of the Missouri game over to this game. They committed to the run. They stuck with it. And then once Auburn got tired on defense, they were just gashing them. Uh, Kenny McIntosh got injured in this game, but... Or no, was it Kendall? No, yeah, Kenny. Kenny got hurt, and then, um, but it didn't matter. Kendall Milton and I finally got uh, the Mac. The Macintosh injury allowed my guy Dayson Edwards, who I wanted to see. Uh, I said last week I wanted to see him get more carries since he was so effective against Missouri. He got more carries in this one, and he was crazy good. Twelve carries, 83 yards, and three touchdowns. Had the hat trick. One reception for zero yards there. Uh, he wasn't the leading receiver, uh, leading ball carrier in the game though. Branson Robinson, the freshman, twelve carries, ninety eight yards and a touchdown, was their leader.
1: Yeah, yeah. This was a really good get back game. I had so many people in my mentions last week saying, you know, George is overrated. You know, they let the worst team in the SEC hang around, which. I don't think Missouri is the worst team in the F- in the SEC, but yeah. whatever. Like I like I think I said last week or last week on the show, like I'm not worried about Georgia. Like I'm not. Their defense is still too good. The offense is fine. Stetson Bennett is kind of like the ultimate game manager for that team. As long as he continues to do that, they can go as far as they want. Um. They're going to have a tough road to hoe, like I said, with some teams that are kind of scary, like um, Tennessee, they'll have to face. But um, there's no reason why this team can't repeat.
0: Yeah, starting in two weeks, they had the gauntlet um, to the SEC championship. Uh, the The Florida-Georgia game is uh, – or three weeks is that game, October 29th, and then they – See the thing is, like they host Tennessee, big advantage for Georgia in that respect. Um, and I would ass- they haven't announced the time for that yet. I would assume that is a night game. Um, and then you know they got to go to Oxford or not Oxford. Um, they have to go to Starkville to play Mississippi State, and they have to go to Lexington to play Kentucky. Which, by that point, I would expect Will Levis would be back. Mm-hmm. So, that four game stretch is is going to tell to see if if George is going to be back in the playoff or not. Um, but yeah, uh, Lad McConkie, leading receiver in the game, five catches, forty seven yards, and uh, defensively, not a lot of special stats. So I'm going to go with. Auburn defensive end Colby Wooden, five tackles, three solos, one sack, and a tackle for loss. Georgia covered. I cashed on this one, minus 27.5 and uh, over 49.5. Number seven, Oklahoma State, 41-31 over Texas Tech. I know I saw, saw some people that were like, whoa, Texas Tech's holding in there, and they were for most of the game oklahoma state got ahead late um but how about the he's a freshman i believe baron morton for the red raiders 62.9 percent 379 two touchdowns and a pick 16 carries 46 yards and a touchdown uh spencer sanders struggled 48.9 percent completion 297 a touchdown 17 carries 56 yards two scores on the ground um so I think that's that's kind of the thing. Like, if, if Spencer struggles passing, he can always run the ball. So I think Oklahoma State's fine.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I feel like he's one of those guys, you know, you, you let him work on the ground and that can help him in the passing game. You know, he gets into a rhythm. Um, and you can win like that um, in, in college football. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just want to keep hammering home, man. The Big 12 Big 12 play has been probably some of the most fun we've seen in college football um, this season, and it continues to be because each of the teams basically has a chance to beat any of the other teams. There's not really a whole lot of scrubs right now, um, yeah. which is kind of a complete turnaround from what, kind of we all expected when the news came through that Texas and Oklahoma were leaving. Um, So, yeah, good good for them, and I'm excited to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah. uh, Just like I said with Georgia, Oklahoma State is running the gauntlet starting this week. At TCU, they host Texas. They go to Kansas State and to Kansas. So... Four games going to define the season for Oklahoma State there. Um, 300-yard receivers in this game. Texas Tech wide receiver Durand Bradley, eight catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Oklahoma State wide receiver Bryson Green, five catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. And then Texas Tech wide receiver Trey Cleveland, eight catches, 100 yards, even. A boatload of defensive stats in this game. I have no clue no clue who to pick, uh, but I think I'm going to go to Oklahoma State defensive end Brock Martin, uh, four tackles, all of them solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, one pass deflection, and two QB hurries. He's a guy that could that could be drafted. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Tech cover plus eleven and a half over sixty five and a half. I think I did mention you should take the over in this game. Number 18, UCLA, 42-32 over number 11, Utah. Um, This one was a lot closer than just 10 points. Utah got a pick six late. um, That helped them get to within 10. But I lone wolfed the Bruins. Who would have thought? Uh, (laughs) I've been a Utah hater since they lost to Florida week one. Uh, and it, it culminated finally in this game. DTR is playing at another level right now. Um 78.3%, 299 four touchdowns and a pick. Also chipped on a rushing touchdown. Um I mean Chip Kelly there it, it's go it's going to come to a head against UC, USC. That's. I mean they had to play Oregon this week, and the USC game isn't until November nineteenth. But I'm just saying, like, what they get past Oregon in Eugene this weekend, we're gonna see the Pac-12 championship preview in at uh, the Rose Bowl in a in like a month.
1: Yeah, that's another conference, man. That like. Everyone, including myself, kind of rode off, and it's just been really good football, you know, this year. Um, and this game really shocked me, not because I thought UCLA was fraudulent or anything like that, but because I just figured that Utah um, would win um, based on better coaching. I thought it would be kind of a close game, but I thought Utah would be able to pull it out. And credit to UCLA, man, they're humming. And like you said, DTR is playing out of his mind right now. Um, It's cool to see him really put it together. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he keeps playing that way. sky's
0: the limit for them. Um, How good now does this look on the Big Ten compared to the SEC, right? The SEC is getting Texas and Oklahoma. They're kind of down right now. Now, Texas, like I said, got back into the rankings this week, but Oklahoma's – trash without dylan gabriel um Mm -hmm. but ucla and usc the big 10 acquired i mean they're amazing right now both in the top 15 ucla up to 11 now uh usc down to seven
1: yeah i was i mean as a Badger fan i was honestly thrilled when i got got that news i know a lot of people were very um I guess they viewed it kind of questionably. Obviously, the geographically, it makes no sense. But I feel like we just kind of have to get rid of that because, like the way college football is trending, like that doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, for me, it was just about making the conference a little bit more competitive, especially the West Division. Um, if they do keep kind of that <laughs> that that geographic element, because the West Division of the Big Ten has been terrible for years um even before Wisconsin you know kind of started struggling um, it, it it hasn't been very competitive so it's I think anytime you, you get a chance to inject um, talent in your conference it, it, it boosts it, it boosts every school in the conference
0: yeah I think with them going over if they do keep the division I think that would work fine Um but I, I kind of would like to see it go to what a lot of other conferences are going to, a non division system. Yeah. Play the best two teams in the conference championship. It's, yeah. It just is better for competition.
1: Yeah. And I think it makes much more sense um, instead of the geographic model because of kind of we're kind of doing away with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, But the rest of this game here, Cam Rising for Utah, 71.9%, 287, one pick, uh, 13 carries, 59 yards, two touchdowns, and a fumble. Zach Charbonnet is the other element of the UCLA offense. He is also just chugging the wheels. Uh, 22 carries, 198 yards, and a touchdown. Um, He has been great since he came over from Michigan last year um, in a transfer Leading receiver in the game, Devon Vele for Utah. Six catches, 87 yards. My guy, wide receiver, Jake Bobo. Three catches, 22 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, He is a great transfer that they got um, from Duke this year. Who would have thought? kid from Duke would be playing very well on the opposite coast. Um, and then defensively, have to go. I mean, Clark Phillips is just good. I mean, he's he's better than good. He's great, fantastic, whatever adjective you want to use. Two tackles, a solo, an 80-yard pick, six. Yep. I mean, he had three picks a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was and uh i believe he i'm not exactly sure but i would i believe he's leading the country in interceptions if not he's tied for the lead uh, yeah he's tied for first with 5 on the season so first round pick yep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I think, honestly, you can lock him in at this point. I mean, that production is absurd. I mean, you always draft traits over production, but, I mean, the guy has both, in my opinion. Um, And, really, this cornerback class is looking insane right now. Like, if the draft was tomorrow, that might be the strongest position
0: group. So he is draft eligible then because, again, I hate ESPN because they don't put red shirts on there. So he'd be a red shirt sophomore because it shows sophomore on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, he's eligible. Okay. Yeah, and all five picks have came the last three weeks, he had one uh-huh. one against Arizona State, three against Oregon State, and one against UCLA. He's he's going for the hat trick though. Um, this next game against USC, he uh, he's going for the the pick four in picks in a row, and then he's going for the the hat trick he, if he can score a touchdown. Again, he scored, he scored defensive touchdowns back-to-back weeks. So yeah. trying to get one off of Caleb Williams, that's going to be tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's got it probably his toughest assignment yet against Jordan Addison. That is going to be appointment <laughs> television right there. Two first-round talents going at it.
0: Uh, UCLA plus three over 64.5. Liberty, 42-24 over UMass. Um, yeah, the, uh, the quarterback play was not very good here. Um, Jonathan Bennett for the Flames, 50% completion, 9 of 18, 183 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 50 yards. Their other quarterback, Nate Hampton, 3 of 5, 60%, 76 yards. Neither quarterback for UMass was that great Garrett DeZero uh 507 71.4% 83 yards and then Gino Campiotti uh 107 14.3% 5 yards and a pick 13 carries 14 yards um so yeah i mean what what else would you expect UMass is not good they haven't i I don't know when UMass has ever been good so um yeah <laughs> Uh, One good performance in this game, though, for UMass. Running back Greg DeRosier, Jr., uh, 7 carries, 110 yards, 2 touchdowns, and a 3-yard reception. Uh, and then a couple performances for Liberty here. Shedra Lewis, 9 carries, 26 yards, 3 touchdowns, and a 21-yard catch. And then probably their best player, I would think. Uh for Liberty. Demario Douglas, the wide receiver, four catches, hundred thirty-four yards, and a touchdown. Uh and then defensively, gotta go with UMass. Defensive back Jordan Mahoney. Three tackles, two solos, and a twenty-two yard fumble returned for a touchdown. Steven Singh's the fifth has my uh, honorable mention for Liberty. Uh UMass did cover, plus twenty-two and a half. And uh, over 45-and-a-half this game was at. uh, Sailed over that one. Two lane 5-and-1 Green Wave, 24-9 over ECU. Um, Yeah, I had the spread with ECU, and it was never... That was never the play. It was... (laughs) <laughs> i mean whole nailers the 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 two-lane defense is just so good um and that's how they've been winning games and you look they got their quarterback back for this game and you saw the difference uh, i mean 79.4 percent for michael pratt 326 two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown no turnovers Holt Nailers for the Pirates, on the other hand, 62.7%, 288, one touchdown. He threw two picks, and then he also chipped on six carries for 17 yards. Um, so you were saying about Cincinnati might win the conference. I think I'm picking Tulane at this point. Yeah, they've
1: looked really impressive, um, and it's credit that they've been able to kind of turn around right the ship there. Um. Yeah, I mean, it does look like those are kind of the two, um, kind of the two best teams. Um, if it happened today, I don't know who I would pick out of that. Um, but yeah, I think those are your two favorites right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. They are there. UCF is four and two in Memphis, or UCF is four and one. And Memphis is four and two right now, so that's your that's your top four in the American. Um, but yeah, Deuce Watts, wide receiver for Tulane, leading receiver in the game, four catches, ninety three yards, and a touchdown. Um, and then defensively, half to go with ECU defensive lineman Chad Stevens, seven tackles, five solos, a half a sack, two and a half tackles for loss, and three QB hurries. Two lane cover, minus two and a half, under 55 and a half. Small print because a lot of points scored. Number three, Ohio State, rolling Michigan State 49 to 20 at the sh- uh, in East Lansing, actually. I was about to say at the shoe. It, it was at Michigan State. Um, yeah, CJ Stroud. I mean, give him the Heisman. 80.8%, <clears throat> 361, six touchdowns, and a pick. That was. His, his decent day. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, not too shabby. You know. Whatever.
0: <laughs> and I actually had to root for Ohio State as much as I hated it. Um, I put a play in on the Ohio State spread because I, I knew Michigan State was trash. Um, but it, it barely cashed. <laughs> I had to hold my breath as Ohio State kept scoring, but they allowed Michigan State to score three times. Um, Peyton Thorne... 113 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. You had uh, Noah Kim come in and replace him. 6 of 10, 60%, 82 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, Kyle McCord came in for C.J. Stroud late through uh, two passes. Completed both for 16 yards. Um, Michigan State couldn't run the ball at all. Elijah Collins, leading ball carrier for them. Two carries, nine yards. That's... (laughs) <laughs> that was their leading rusher on the day. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, however, for Ohio State, 19 carries, 118 yards, a touchdown, and one catch for minus two yards. And the receivers, Amika um, Egbuka, five catches, 143 yards, a touchdown. And then Marvin Harrison, Jr., all that he did was catch seven balls for 131 yards and three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's, it's absurd. And the thing I'll say is that, so Iowa State's offenses look like the best probably in college football. Um, you know, so far, maybe USD too, you know, they've looked pretty good. Um, but they're doing this without who is still, in my opinion, their best offensive weapon in Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's kind of a bold statement considering. Just how well Ibuka and Harrison Jr. have played and how talented those two guys are. But I think people have kind of slept on JSN. Um, Obviously, he hasn't really played um, through six games, but I think we're forgetting just how dynamic he was last year. Um, And I think how dynamic he can be again. Um, And and that's just going to make OSU even more dangerous. So something to watch going forward.
0: Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. I don't know if uh, Egbuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. are red shirts or not uh, because ESPN lists them as sophomores. But uh, Egbuka, their leading receiver in terms of yards with 655, also leader in receptions for them, 35 catches. Marvin Harrison Jr. leads them in touchdowns. He has nine on the season. But, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, four catches for 36 yards on the year since being injured.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think both those guys, Buka and Harrison, are drafted until next year.
0: So Ohio State's going to have three first-round wide receivers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defensively, got to go with Michigan State corner Charles Brantley. Eight tackles, three solos, a half a tackle for loss, and a 32-yard pick six. Uh, Michael Hall, though, he... Continues to be a driving force on the Buckeye defense um, at his defensive tackle spot. Three tackles, two solos, two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. Ohio State covered, like I said, minus 27. Cash that one. And the over, 64 and a half. Number nine, Ole Miss, fifty-two twenty-eight over Vandy. I was pissed at this game. Um, so... I, called, I keep calling Ole Miss the most fraudulent team in the top 25. And I still think that statement is, is valid because they were losing big time. They were down 20-10 to 10 against Vandy at one point. And then they started scoring in the second half, uh, and Vandy could not. Uh, Ole Miss scored 28 uh, in a row or 29 in a row in the third quarter. And that was it. That's how the game, um, pretty much got out of hand for Vandy. But look, I had Vandy plus seventeen, right? And they were co- they were pushing. They were gonna push. I don't under. It made no sense to me. It. I thought it was such bad sportsmanship on Lane Kevin's part to keep throwing the ball, and they went for the touchdown after Vandy onside kicked and they went down and scored a touchdown. I just thought that was the mo- the biggest asshole move and so unsportsmanlike, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, I think he'd probably say, you know, he's just trying to execute. It's basically like practice in-game. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I wouldn't do it. Maybe it's a little bit of a Bush League move. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, if I was Vanderbilt head coach, I would have went right for Lane Kiffin and, and bitched him out at the end because I, I, I would have been pissed off um, at seeing that. Especially after they got... They had gotten, like, two first downs already, um, which if they wouldn't have kept... Going for the score, you know, if they would have actually tried to run out the clock, they would have been able to run it out after the second first down. So, yeah. I will continue my Ole Miss hate, and um, they are on a bye, I believe, this week. No, they play Auburn, so they'll win. They're going to keep winning. I mean, they play Auburn and LSU – the next two. And the hope is that they lose in College Station to A&M. If not, it's okay. Because they have a date with the Alabama. Granted, they have it at home. So they get that advantage of having Bama come to Oxford. But other than that, you know, they got the Egg Bowl at the end of the season. Um, their schedule's not that hard. Especially with Arkansas going downhill. Uh, LSU not, you know, playing up. Th- they're 4-2, but they're not that good. And, you know, A&M doesn't really have a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I I do not like Ole Miss right now. But Jackson Dart, 78.1%, 448, three touchdowns, two picks, two carries, 15 yards. This was his best game by far this season. Um against vandy though it's <laughs> i mean, you know <laughs> i love it number one is certified
1: will miss hater
0: um aj swan played pretty well though for vandy 71.1 281 two touchdowns and a fumble that was probably the best quarterback performance vandy has seen this year other than when they just crushed hawaii but that was Michael Wright running the ball all over and not passing. So, uh, Vandy, running back Ray Davis, 27 carries, 105 yards, a touchdown, four catches for 22 yards. Uh, Ole Miss, running back Quenchon Judkins, 11 carries, 46 yards, two touchdowns, and a 14-yard catch. And then a uh, couple 300-plus-yard guys. Jonathan Mingo went crazy in this game for Ole Miss, nine catches, 247, two touchdowns. Jordan Watkins for Ole Miss, seven catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. And then Vandy, wide receiver Jaden McGowan, seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Um, how do you like Mingo? Is he going to be another another Ole Miss receiver in the league?
1: Could be, Matt. You could, you could put up stat lines like that. I mean, 27.4 average. <laughs> yards per catch,
0: that's that's asinine. That's absurd. Yeah, he caught two long touchdowns in the game. Um, one from 71 and 72. <laughs> so that was most of his yards. 143 of his yards there on two catches. Uh, defensively gonna go with Vandy linebacker Derricky Wright, four tackles all of them solos pass flexion and two picks caught both off of Jackson dart see like that's the thing like you can't you, you, you can't throw two picks against Bama and expect to win yeah so have fun with that um, when he does that but it's okay uh, I will I will be hammering whatever the spread is. Um, when they play Alabama, Ole Miss cover minus seventeen over fifty nine and a half. Arizona State the uh, well this was the lone upset right of a top twenty five team this weekend, uh unless, or no there was there was two. Unless you count. UCLA beating Utah an upset because it technically was, but uh, specifically speaking, unranked versus ranked, this was one of two, mm-hmm. one of only two upsets this weekend. Uh, and a crazy one at that. I mean, who would have thought Arizona State would, would be the team to beat Washington? Uh, but they did, 45 38. Michael Penick, 62.3%, 311, one pick, and a rushing touchdown. And I think Arizona State won because they. Emory Jones got hurt. <laughs> uh, he was 7 of 9, 77.8% and 59 yards before he got hurt. But the freshman was fantastic. Uh, Trenton Borgett, 15 of 21, 71.4% completion, 182 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, and this was finally... Zazavian Valade finally... Went back to his Wyoming production in this game. Twenty-three carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches, 22 yards, and another score there. So yeah, I, I kind of wish I would have watched this game because it was sounded like a fun one.
1: Yeah, man. And just after I had turned heel and started voicing my support for Washington <laughs> and everything they were doing, they go and betray me like that. Back-to-back Always losses. Always trust your God. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, credit to Arizona State, man. I mean, you lose your head coach um, midseason. You got all this kind of recruiting violation controversy going on. You're massive underdogs against a ranked opponent. You're one and four; they're four and one, and you come out and you just beat them in a shootout. You know that—that's the kind of galvanizing win that can cause a team to kind of start building some
0: momentum. So good on them. Yeah, for Washington, Cameron Davis, nine carries, 77 yards. He scored three touchdowns on the ground. Um, 100-yard receiver in this one, wide receiver Ro Madunzi uh, continues to have a great season. Nine catches, 115 yards. Wide receiver Elijah, Elijah Badger for Arizona State, seven catches, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Does he need to become a, a Wisconsin Badger now? Uh, is, I saw is that who a tweet. they're transferring? They're looking to get into the portal next year.
1: I saw a tweet. Someone said the Badgers better have done everything they could to try and recruit <laughs> Elijah Badger to Madison.
0: Uh, it sounds like that would be a, a, a he would get a lot of NIL money uh, with that last name. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then defensively, there's only one choice. Uh, Arizona State defensive back, Jordan Clark, nine tackles, all of them solos. Uh, one tackle for loss, a pass flexion, and a 38 yard pick six. Arizona State plus 13 and a half over 56 easily. 83 points. Georgia Tech, don't look now, but here come the Yellow Jackets, winners of two in a row. Uh, 23-20 over Duke in overtime. This one was in Atlanta. Um, Jeff Sims, 67.6%, 227, two touchdowns, 17 carries, 95 yards, and he caught a one-yard reception. Uh, Riley Leonard struggled a lot, 20 of 41, that's 48.8%. 136 yards, one touchdown and a pick, nine carries, 29 yards. And... Uh, Yeah, I mean, they fired Jeff Collins, and now look at them. They're they're 500. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know, I'm not usually a big fan of, you know, kind of like mid-season fires or whatever, Um, but sometimes it's necessary to see kind of what else you have on the coaching staff. Um, Yeah, And, and this is an example of that.
0: Yeah, Tech won this uh, by kicking a field goal in overtime, and then Duke missed their game-tying field goal. Um, 100-yard receiver here, wide receiver Nate McCollum, eight receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you would have never thought we would see a Georgia Tech 100-yard receiver um, <laughs> when we were back in the days of Paul Johnson <laughs> and the triple option, but they have completely changed it to a spread offense, and they're... Um, They have slowly begun to get players in that can run the offense and get away from the triple option. Uh, Defensively, going to go with uh, Georgia Tech linebacker Ayinde Ely. Nine tackles, three solos, a half a sack, half a tackle for loss, and two QB hurries. then have to mention also wide receiver Samir Higgins for Duke. He had an 81-yard punt return touchdown. Georgia Tech, plus three and a half, under 54. UNC, 27-24 over Miami. Um, Yeah, I was mad. I had Miami, minus three and a half. And they had a chance. I mean, Van Dyke was driving them down there. uh, Got to close to midfield, and... Got pressure over, he sailed one and threw a pick to end the game. Um, But, best game by far for him. Uh, Even though it never felt like Miami was even close, uh, it felt like UNC was dominating most of the game. And uh, they just, the Hurricanes hung around and had a chance at the end. Um, and I was like, "Bro, let's go! Like, if they can score a touchdown and win the game, that that is four point cover. That that covers the three and a half. <laughs> That's what we need." <laughs> um, but yeah, Van Dyke seventy three point seven percent, four ninety six, three touchdowns and a pick. Drake May has been great, sixty seven point nine percent, three hundred nine, two touchdowns, two picks, fourteen carries, fifty three yards.
1: Yeah, when I saw Van Dyke's stat line, I was like, "Wow, okay, like that's what everyone's been waiting for." But now it's too late. Like, you've <laughs> <laughs> it took too long. He <laughs> waited too long. Um, but yeah, Drake Mayman has been crazy. He's been crazy good. Um, that twenty four QB class could be could be very special. Everyone's been talking about this QB class with Stroud and Young, but. You look at him, you look at Caleb Williams, I thought, potentially Anthony I Richardson, a, he stays right. and develops, but, yeah.
0: I thought May was a true freshman.
1: No, I think he was a freshman last year. I think he's – I could be wrong. Okay. But I think he's drafted
0: over the last year. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the, the 2025 number one overall pick, Drake May. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, 2024 number one overall pick works too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As long as he doesn't follow in the other UNC quarterback steps and just is absolutely terrible in the NFL. Yeah, we don't talk about them. But, hey, <laughs> hey, we don't know about Sam Howell yet. We do not know. That's true. And he <laughs> might get a shot without their playing, so. Well, hey, he can beat Justin Fields on Thursday. That's that's fine. Um, but the – Rushing game wasn't that great. Caleb Hood for UNC, 13 carries, 74 yards, 5 catches, 50 yards. Miami couldn't run the ball at all. Uh, And then Will Mallory, uh, he's having a good season. Tight end for the Hurricanes, 8 catches, 115 yards. And he was literally the only guy (laughs) that Van Dyke was going to on that final drive. Uh, Consistently, they they converted a couple fourth downs on that drive. Uh and it was just number eighty-five was was the only guy he was looking to. So um defensively, I'm gonna go with uh Miami linebacker Corey Flagg Jr. Seven tackles, five solos, a half a sack and three tackles for loss. UNC cover plus four under sixty seven and a half. Utah State, the upset, 34-27 over Air Force. Dude, Cooper Legas is very good. I'm telling you, I I watched him when he came in uh, a couple weeks ago after, who was their starter? I don't remember who, who initially was their starter. Um, but their starter got hurt. Legas came in. And uh, played well, not not well enough to win that game. Give me a sec here. Yeah, uh, against BYU, I think he their starter got hurt. No, it was the UNLV game their starter got hurt? Yeah. Yeah, Logan Bonner, I believe, got hurt in the UNLV game. Cooper Legas didn't play that game, but he played against BYU, played very well against BYU, only losing by 12 points there. But, yeah, I mean, he was great. 78.3%, 215, two touchdowns, a pick, 13 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That's his That's his biggest thing is, is he's a very good ball carrier and runner. Um so they got it done, and this one was uh, at home for Utah State, which helped out. And I was on the Utah State spread, so I was loving it.
1: Yeah, you know, next next great Utah State quarterback after <laughs> future Pro Football Hall of Famer, Jordan Love. You know, it's a pipeline.
0: Oh, you mean the, the guy that the Packers are going to let go after not seeing him play? uh more than 5 games More
1: <laughs> the preseason games
0: yeah hey he has two career starts okay <laughs> uh Hazeek Daniel's was not very good 41.7% 5 of 12 95 yards a touchdown and a pick 10 carries 34 yards and a touchdown um it's never a good game for Air Force when they're when your quarterback is throwing 12 times not not good air force when you have that many uh attempts passing uh but my my favorite dude for air force brad roberts had another great game that's all he does 29 carries 136 yards and a touchdown uh he's gonna make a great nfl fullback um for some team but uh i'm excited about that and then calvin tyler uh, had, a, had a good game. 19 carries, 109 yards, a touchdown, two catches uh, for one yard. And Tyler is a guy that came from Oregon State last year and uh, is continuing to produce for the Aggies. Uh, Brian Cobbs, wide receiver for Utah State, 100-yard receiver, eight catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively... Air Force linebacker TD Blackman 12 tackles five solos one sack three tackles for loss were you hoping that I would pick AJ as my defensive player of the game
1: <laughs> I kind of was just to see uh, <laughs> just to see if you could continue your streak
0: of pretty good pronunciation <laughs> well Utah State linebacker AJ von von fachan uh, von fachan he uh, had thirteen tackles and a solo. Nice, pro's pro right there. <laughs> Utah State plus eleven and a half over fifty three and a half. JMU, the Dukes are five and zero, and continuing toward my projected fourteen and zero, uh, top ten season for the JMU Dukes in their first year of FBS play. 42-20 over Arkansas State. Now, they struggled early. Uh, it was a good game in the first half. I was very excited this game was on national TV. Not really. It was on NFL Network, for those who have NFL Network, um, which I love that NFL Network's putting on college games every week now. It's great. But um, I was happy I finally got to watch a JMU game. And, uh, look, Todd Centeno coming over from Colorado state uh, he has been just electric in this offense 75.7% 394 and four touchdowns four carries 10 yards no turnovers that's that's the thing no turnovers and the jmu offense is just great that's that's it
1: <laughs> if they go 14 i know i want them in the playoff <laughs> uh so really it's it's absurd man you make the jump from fcs and you're undefeated i mean just just hats off to jmu love to see it um and and like i've said before i hope that it kind of maybe encourages some other um well-known fcs teams to make the jump
0: yeah, and look, the week 13 schedule, I'm just projecting to see where College Game Day can go week 13. Um, because I know where I'd like it to go. <laughs> I need College Game Day in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yes. For James Madison versus Coastal Carolina. <laughs> that is where I On need On the green turf. Let's get it. Uh, because they, there's really not a lot of games that, like, game day could pick. Now, obviously, they have the Iron Bowl. Auburn is at Alabama this year, but Auburn's not that good, so why would you go there? Uh, you have the Civil War, which could be very good this year. Oregon is at, in Corvallis at Oregon State. Uh, Kansas, Kansas State, I don't know what that rivalry is called, but that one will be a, a ranked matchup. I have to believe so that could be an option. Uh, or no, it's not it's not in, it's it's at JMU. We need game day to go to Harrisonburg, Virginia <laughs> to the purple and gold or whatever color that tan color is that they I don't, I don't know what they call that tan color thing, but uh, we need JMU to go to Harrisonburg because I will be there if uh, if they go I will drive down because this is Thanksgiving Saturday. Um, <laughs> I will drive down to Harrisonburg <laughs> and uh, go to this game. Uh, you have the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, which will not be that good this year, and then. It's like your opinion, man. <laughs> and then, other than that, okay. So they'll probably go to Columbus. That's that's where they're gonna go. It's the big one Michigan at Ohio State that's probably where they're gonna go uh, that's really the only other game that I can see them choosing this game over but I'm just saying I'll go to I'll go to game day in Harrisonburg if uh, it's only it's probably only about uh, three or four hours from my hometown <laughs> so yeah what's <laughs> What's a three-hour car ride? Uh, but, yeah, James Blackman for Arkansas State at 61.5%, 247, two touchdowns, a fumble. Percy Agui Obese uh, is having a really good season, 21 carries, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and then wide receiver Chris Thornton, nine catches, 173 yards for the Dukes. Defensively, uh, I'm gonna go with JMU defensive lineman Isaac Ukwu, six tackles, five solos, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and the number 25, James Madison Dukes covered, 11 and a half, and I th- this was the first week I finally took their spread, and I will be taking their spread every single week from here on out. <laughs> Uh, Over 55 hit. They finally... I I think I said about them getting ranked last week, and and they finally got the ranking this week at 25. Uh, Number 5, Clemson, 31-3. Romp over Boston College. This one was in Boston. Uh, DJ, 58.1%, 223 touchdowns a pick, 12 carries, 69 yards. And this one, I saw it was like 3-3. For a little bit. And it was just kind of holding there. And I was like, what is happening? Like, Is, is BC about to do it right now? <laughs> and then Clemson became Clemson again and, and uh, rolled. Phil Dracovic, uh, 47.5%, 188, one fumble. Probably uh, the reason why Boston College was in this game early was because Clemson couldn't run the ball. Other than DJ scrambling... You see that Moffa was their leading rusher with 36 yards, and Shipley scored a touchdown, but he only had 33 yards. So, yeah, I mean, Clemson moved up. They moved to number four uh, because Michigan struggled in Indiana, and that was why. But
1: I'm not seeing it. Um, You know, I just think that, the ACC has a few teams that are, again, kind of those scrappy kind of things. I, I don't see Clemson coming out unscathed, um, and, and I don't feel as though they've played a whole lot of teams. I know the NC State game was a pretty good win. Um,
0: that was the, that mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see We'll see how, where they go from here.
0: I think the NC State game changes if it's at NC State, mm. like it was last year when they lost to NC State. Um, Zay Flowers for Boston College, leading receiver, eight catches, seventy-five yards. He's a, he's an NFL dude. Yep. And uh, defensively, I'm gonna go with uh, Clemson defensive tackle Tyler Davis, another NFL dude. Four tackles, three solos, one and a half tackles for loss, and three QB hurries. Tyler Davis, the future Philadelphia Eagle.
1: You have enough.
0: <laughs> No, bro. Fletcher's gonna retire probably next year. We need another, we need another defensive tackle to run along with Hargrave and Davis. We need two Davises. Oh, oh you might have a top fifteen pick the way the Saints are playing. Top five. <laughs> uh, Clemson cover minus twenty one under forty eight and a half. Number six, Wash, uh, UN. USC, I'm getting my words all mixed up. Number six, USC, 30 14 over Washington State. Caleb Williams, not that good this game. 51.7%, uh, 188, two touchdowns, nine carries, 34 yards. Uh, was helped out by his good buddy Travis Dye, the uh, Oregon transfer. 28 carries, 149 yards, a touchdown, three catches, 18 yards. Cam Ward, 59.4%, 172, two touchdowns. Um, And he had his own 100-yard rusher and Jalen Jenkins, 13 carries, 130 yards, two catches, 54 yards. You notice who's not on the screen?
1: Yeah, it's your boy.
0: (laughs) Jordan Addison's not. uh, Mario Williams had a great game, though. Uh, Another Oklahoma transfer, four catches, 82 yards, two touchdowns. So this is two games, though, now. That Addison's been shut down. Oregon State, Washington State. Hmm. So, what we'll yeah. to see? Utah, Clark Phillips coming up. Yep.
1: I have to imagine it's because he's getting doubled now.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mario Williams can can get it done. Uh, and defensively, how can you not go? With anyone else other than defensive lineman, Tuli Tui Piloto. um five tackles, four solos, three sacks, four tackles for loss, and one QB hurry. Um, Marlins brother, I believe, playing in the NFL um, for my Eagles, I think he's on the, unless he went somewhere else, I don't know. Uh, USC cover 12, under 64 and a half. Yeah, I, I screwed that one up. I said take the over. I thought there was going to be a lot more points than this one. But USC defense came up. hmm South Carolina upsetting number 13, Kentucky, 24-14. Asterisk. No Will Levis. I didn't know Will Levis wasn't going to play. It's like the K.J. Jefferson thing. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Will Levis didn't play a down in this game. Um, It was Kaya Sharon, though, 55.6%, 178, two touchdowns and a pick. And Kentucky had chances to win this game. I mean, they were in it all game. It's just they couldn't put things on top of each other to, to get consistent drives and into scoring position. Uh, Spencer Rattler was efficient, 73.7%, 177, one touchdown and a pick and a fumble. So, you know, turnovers continue with Spencer Rattler. It's what he's become. Yeah, that's a pretty standard Spencer Rattler game, I feel. (laughs) Uh, 100-yard performers running the ball here. Chris Rodriguez, I think, is officially back. 22 carries, 126 yards, a fumble, and a one-yard reception. And then uh, Marshawn Lloyd for South Carolina, 22 carries, 110 yards, a touchdown, two receptions, 31 yards. I love Rodriguez. Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I got the notification for this this game, the final on my phone, and it said, you know, South Carolina upsets number three <laughs> Kentucky. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, good for good for Beamer. Good for, and I saw Will Levis was out, and I was like <laughs> – Like, can you really call it an upset at that point? I mean, that changes the game so much. Not that, you know, not to take away too much from South Carolina, but, like, you know.
0: And it was, um... Okay, never mind. I was thinking this game was in Columbia, but it was in Lexington, so... Uh... The uh, d- defensively going to go with South Carolina linebacker Jordan Birch Six tackles, three solos, one-and-a-half sacks, one-and-a-half tackles for loss. South Carolina plus four-and-a-half, under 44. Number 15, Wake Forest, 45-10. Blowout over Army to be expected. Army's not good this year. Sam Hartman, 68.4%, 246 a touchdown, 8 carries, 36 yards. Um, other than that... Not much to talk about. Christian Turner for Wake, eight carries, 46 yards, 2 touchdowns. And uh, defensively, I'm gonna go with um, Wake defensive lineman, Kendron Wayman, three tackles, one solo, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackle swoss, and a QB hurry. Wake covered, minus 16. Under 65 and a half. Um Andre Smith not on the uh, the stat sheet here. Didn't didn't get a sack on Sam Hartman. The uh, we won't have Army that many games, Andre. So he, the games we have Army, you gotta show up. <laughs> okay. Notre Dame upsets number sixteen BYU twenty eight twenty at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Um, we Will say the uni game in this one was fire yeah name wearing their Vegas uniforms uh the BYU was wearing their all black right or Mm -hmm. I can't remember what they were wearing yeah they were wearing their black alternates yeah uh but Darren Hall struggled um I was confused I only watched this game for a little bit um he only. Why did he only throw it 17 times? That's, uh-huh. that's my first yeah. thing. Like, 17 attempts for Jaron Hall is not how you win. Uh, 9 of 17, 52.9%, 120 yards. Did throw two touchdowns with those nine completions, uh, but he also threw a pick, five carries, 11 yards. Drew Pine was very good for Notre Dame. 78.6%, 262, three touchdowns and a pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't remember who I picked for this game, but I did feel like this was going to be a close game, and I felt like it was kind of going to be a toss-up game. Um, I think, you know, after a tough start to the season, you know, Notre Dame is still going to finish as a pretty decent um, club. And I think Freeman is a good coach. I mean, I think he's going to be a good coach at-, at Notre Dame. I think it just takes some time. But the guy I want to highlight, man, Michael Mayer, man, I mean, dude's a stud. Some team is going to get a really good playmaker. He shouldn't be able to move like he does at that size. Like, it shouldn't be allowed to happen. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Baby Gronk had 11 receptions, 118 yards, two touchdowns. A couple of good running performances. Aldrick Estime, who I had never heard of until this game for Notre Dame, 14 carries, 97 yards, and a 13-yard reception. Christopher Brooks continues to be a driving force for the Cougar offense. 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, And then also wide receiver Cody Epps for BYU. Four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Not a lot defensively, so I'm just going to go with my guy. (laughs) Linebacker Max Tooley for BYU. Love me some Max Tooley. 13 tackles, 7 solos, and a pick. I think I have a pretty good track record of picking linebackers. Um, Picked Josie Jewell a couple years ago. He's doing very well for the Broncos. Uh, I can't remember who else I have picked that's doing well in the NFL, but I don't know. There's just certain guys, man, that I I see and I I like. Uh, Notre Dame, minus 3.5 covered. Under 51.5. Number 20, Kansas State. So we're going into the sleeper section of the games uh, because <laughs> this one and the next one were total snooze fests. I watched this game, and somehow my eyes did not bleed um, <laughs> from having to sit through almost this entire game. Um, but <laughs> yeah, number 20, Kansas State. 10-9 win over Iowa State. I did push my, my bet i had iowa state plus one and my roommate asked me why i took plus one instead of the money line uh for one it was only about uh i think five points difference in terms of the the line i got uh, i think the spread was like minus 115 or minus 110 and this the, sp- the uh, money line was minus 105 but this is why you take a plus one instead of the money line (laughs) because you push instead of losing money. Uh, But, yeah, Adrian Martinez, 63.2%, 246, a touchdown, 19 carries, 77 yards, and an 11-yard catch. Hunter Deckers, 57.9%, 198, four carries, 15 yards. Neither team could run the ball at all for running back-wise. Brock, and Giddens both struggled. 300-yard performers receiving-wise in this game, though, somehow. Uh, Phillip Brooks for KSU, 4 catches, 119 yards, a touchdown. Malik Knowles for Kansas State as well, 5 catches, 108 yards. one of one passing for 11 yards, and he had a fumble as well. And then the dude, Xavier Hutchinson for Iowa State, 8 catches, 100 yards, even, uh... But, yeah, this was gross.
1: (laughs) It's Big Ten football right there, man. That's what it's supposed to look like.
0: But it's the Big 12, though. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Defensively, uh, also the dude. Defensive end, Will McDonald, the fourth. For Iowa State, four tackles, three solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss. That is a uh, San Francisco 49er if I've ever seen one. <laughs> they do they have enough too? Mm-hmm. Do, do the Niners have enough too? They don't. They don't need Will McDonald.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> I wouldn't like to see
0: that in the in the NFC, but. <laughs> It'll happen somehow. Um, Iowa State, uh, I wish I would have gotten this line because I would have won, but Iowa State plus one and a half is what it closed at. But unfortunately for me, I got it at one. Um, and then under 36 and a half. Yes, 36 and a half was the over under, and it still went under. How, or no, under, under 45, under 45 for this game. The next one was 36 and a half and that one still went under and this is what it was. This is what it was. It's <laughs> this, one of those this
1: I would have told you to take though. It's, the under.
0: it's one of those I could have seen this coming from a mile away. It's one of those movie moments. I don't know what movie. I feel like it's been done uh, been said a bunch in a bunch of different movies, but it's one of those things where there's something gross and people don't want to look at it and they're just like look at it. Look at it, <laughs> because this is gross, and you have to look at it though. Illinois, uh, they are five and one and leading the Big Ten West. Yes, the Illini are on a collision course for the Big Ten Championship game. <laughs> Nine to that six. You're saying that
1: literally made me nauseous. <laughs>
0: Spencer Petrus for Iowa, 50% completion, 174 yards in a pick. And um, <laughs> two quarterbacks. I think Tommy DeVito got injured in this game. Uh, DeVito went 6 of 11, 54.5%, 42 yards, 4 carries, 21 yards. And then uh, Arthur Sikowski, 13 of 19, 68.4%, 74 yards a pick, 4 carries, 15 yards. But it's, it's Chase Brown. I mean, that's, that's what Illinois is. It's one dude. It's Chase Brown. <laughs> uh, 31 carries, 146 yards, 4 catches, 17 yards. And then the only other thing to note here, uh, tight end Sam Laporta having his best game of the season, I think, for the Hawkeyes, 9 catches, 100 yards even. And I also put on Illinois wide receiver Isaiah Williams just for the fact that he fumbled twice (laughs) three catches minus seven yards that's that's skill right there that is that is skill to catch the ball three times and to have a net of minus anything let alone seven that's 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 some skilled work right there by isaiah williams Had to
1: do him dirty and put him up on the power on the PowerPoint slide.
0: <laughs> two carries for three yards uh, and then two fumbles, yeah. If you fumble once, okay, you don't have to get on the slide unless you had 100 yards. But if you fumble twice, I mean, you got to be there. Yeah.
1: It was the second one. He should have known that. <laughs> I mean, it was bound to happen.
0: And then uh, defensively, holy game by linebacker Seth Coleman for the Illini. Uh, five tackles, four solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass deflection, and four QB hurries on Spencer Peters. Yeah. It's uh, Illinois and everyone else in the Big Ten West.
1: <laughs> that sounds so weird, dude. Like, <laughs> what? Like, how did this happen? And, like, Iowa is such a weird team, man, because they have one of the best defenses in the FBS. They probably have the worst offense in the FBS, though. I'm not sure who has the worst offense than Iowa right now.
0: Yeah, Iowa literally probably has the, the number one defense in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're averaging, they're allowing, like, six points a game. Right. <laughs> they have probably the best defense and probably the worst offense. It's yeah. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. 133rd offense. <laughs> um, Wisconsin knew, though. Bielema, dude. Wisconsin knows. Bielema com- already beat him. He's, he's, he's coming. Uh, Iowa did cover, though. They got it by the hook. Plus three and a half. And the under 36 and a half, how did I not hammer this? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would have,
1: if you had consulted me, I would have said, bet the mortgage,
0: dude. Just bet the mortgage. <laughs> Iowa under. <It's laughs> All right. Number one, Alabama, 24 to 20, escape at home. I had live bet A&M. I wish I would have gotten them at the plus 800 that originally showed up on my screen, plus 825. But then, like, A&M got the ball back, and it went down to 575. So I was like, damn it. I was like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it, you know? Text A&M, got one shot, one opportunity, to seize everything they ever wanted. <laughs> 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 and... and <laughs> They didn't they capture it, it though. <laughs> <laughs> they did let it slip. <laughs> um, <laughs> great Eminem reference, that, that's <laughs> um, <laughs> dude. This stuff just 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 comes to me. What can I say? Um, it, it, this stuff, you know. But uh, Haynes King, dude, he had the chance. You're on the Alabama two-yard line. And I know I tweeted out, I was like, like, that's your play uh, on, on, you know, on, you know, first and ball game. Yeah. You're going to throw a fade stop to the outside. So saw who agreed with you, right? Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> Johnny Mansell, man. He was ripping Jimbo a new one on Twitter.
0: Like, you literally didn't have a better play. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't believe Wait. that. Um, yeah. But Haynes King did a good job. I mean, 54.3%, 253, two touchdowns and a pick, eight carries, ten yards. Uh, the turnovers were just killing Alabama all day. Uh, they fumbled it three times, I believe, two from Jalen Milrow who went uh, 63.2%, 111 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, 17 carries, 83 yards, and two fumbles. Jameer Gibbs was great again, though. 21 carries, 154 yards, three catches for 13 yards. Um, And then Evan Stewart, 100-yard receiver in this one for A&M, eight catches, 106 yards. And that's who they went to on the final play. But like you, you don't think if you're Jimbo, you don't think Saban is gonna have him covered. Like, right. <laughs> like it's only two yards. It's not like it's twenty, where he has a lot of room to run.
1: Yeah, and I mean I'm all for like you know game on the line. You want the ball, you know, going to your best player. But like you have to draw something more creative than like that. You know,
0: so. Yeah. Um, Defensively, I want to go with Fadil Diggs for A&M, but you can't can't not go with Will Anderson Jr. I mean, holy hell. Two tackles, one solo. Okay, he had one tackle for loss. Bro, the man at eight QB hurries in this game. Every time... On the last drive, they were blitzing Will Anderson. <laughs> and he was coming in free. And right. Haynes had to throw away a couple of balls. One that he completed, which was just... I, I don't know how... I think it was Stewart that caught that ball. He, like, got over... He, like, he mossed, essentially, the, the Alabama guy. Because the Alabama guy had a pick... And, like, it was just high enough for the AM guy to catch the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Will Anderson, you know, kind of start the season. People were like, you know, like, what's up with him? And it was just that he was being, like, good, like, normally. Like, he was just being a good football player. Over the last two or three games now, he's being, like, Will Anderson Jr., like, good, where it's, like, an insane level <laughs> of just being better than anybody else. That they have in front of you, um, yeah. I mean, he, he's an unreal, unreal talent.
0: I think it's just rising to the occasion. The yeah. The intensity of who they have been playing is coming together with playing against back-to-back rivals, essentially in Arkansas and A&M. So, uh can't wait to watch Will Anderson sack. Will Rogers four times against Mississippi State. Um, and then just annihilate Jackson Dart when they play all Miss. <laughs> uh, but anyways, A&M covered, plus 24.5, under 48. Who would have thought this game would go under? Especially at that number. Yep. Yeah. A&M defense. Uh, number 14, NC State, 1917 over Florida State. Uh, Devin Leary got injured in this game. They did not ask Jack Chambers to do anything when he got hurt. Uh, Leary wasn't that great when he was playing. 10 of 21, 47.6%, 130 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Jack Chambers came in 0 for 1, 7 carries for 39 yards. Um, and then Florida State, Jordan Travis, 15 of 30, 50%, 181 yards, a touchdown, two picks. But he did have seven carries for 108 yards there. Uh, this one was just very close. Picked FSU, you and I did. Yep. And couldn't get it done.
1: The breaks, man. And I, and I knew it was going to be a close game, but I was, I was sure, man. I was sure that Florida State was going to get it um, done. Um, you know unfortunately my boy Tra- uh, Jordan Travis didn't have the best game um but you know it I, it's good to see Florida State kind of um, being back to being competitive I think it makes the ACC um, much more um, of a talking point much more competitive um, so yeah
0: uh defensively because there wasn't much to talk about running the ball or Receiving-wise. So defensively, I'm going to go with the top guy there, NC State linebacker Drake Thomas having a good season. 14 tackles, 7 solos, 2 tackles for loss, 2 pass deflections, and a QB hurry. Uh, Florida State did cover, though, plus 3.5, under 50.5. Coastal Carolina, the shots are 6-0, 28-21, in a struggle over UL Monroe. Chandler Rogers had a I mean, that's a great game. 90% completion, 27 of 30. 279, two touchdowns, 14 carries, 15 yards, and a fumble. Grayson McCall was decent, uh, 67.9%, 246, a touchdown, nine carries, 41 yards. C.J. Beasley, though, another great game. 15 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for seven yards. Um, and Sam Pinckney, nine catches, 133 yards. Good game. For that clear, And again, it's just... It's coming to a head. Week 13 in Harrisonburg. Your dream survives another week, my friend. Yeah, Coastal's got to get past... um, They got to get through App. That's that's the big one. That's their big test. uh, Which is coming up um, November 3rd. On a Thursday night. But it's in Myrtle Beach. So... I will be excited for that Thursday night game. Probably better than what the NFL has scheduled for the Thursday night game that week anyways. (laughs) Considering what has been put out on Thursdays the last couple of weeks.
1: (laughs) Yes, almost certainly. (laughs)
0: Uh, And defensively, I'm going to go with UL Monroe, linebacker, Zach Woodard. Uh, Ten tackles, eight solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, and a QB hurt. UL Monroe cover, plus 12.5, under 58. Number 12, Oregon, 49-22 over Arizona. Um, Arizona held in for for a decent amount of time in this game. Uh, Oregon just overpowered them eventually. Bo Nix was great. I mean, 80% completion, 20-25, 265. Um, And, of course, what Bo Nix does best is run the ball. Eight carries, 70 yards, and three touchdowns. I have a feeling that Bo Nix is gonna become Taysom Hill. (laughs) That's, I mean, they're similar body types, and it just it's too too similar. (laughs) I just that's what Bo Nix's NFL future holds is is Taysom Hill. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, he's a good athlete, and honestly. I think that's the best for Oregon to win games, and it's probably the best for him to kind of showcase his athleticism for the next
0: level because it's not <laughs> – it's really not playing quarterback, <laughs> unfortunately. Wherever Sean Payton coaches next in the NFL, he's going to draft. He's going to have to have <laughs> Bo Nix. Next year, Sean Pay- wherever Sean Payton coaches, because I believe he's going to be back next year, uh, he's uh-huh. going to draft Bo Nix in the fifth round. <laughs> uh jaden delora for arizona 57.1 percent 241 one touchdown a pick and a fumble uh ty thompson came in for bo Nicks at the end three of four 75 percent nine yards uh noah whittington leading ball carrier in the game nine uh, six carries 92 yards a touchdown and a six yard reception and then um not much to talk about receiving wise But um, defensively, not much there either. Defensive back, Bennett Williams for Oregon. Four tackles, four solos, a sack, and a tackle for a loss. Oregon cover, minus 13.5. Way under 72, not really. (laughs) By one. (laughs) I would have took under 72 in this game all day, though. Even though it only hit by one. FCS game of the week is an upset. We all picked the Blue Hens, and they let us down in Virginia at William & Mary. I don't know what city William & Mary is in, but I know they're in Virginia. And uh, the Tribe got it done, though. Number 16, William & Mary, 27-21 over number 6, Delaware. Um, Nolan Henderson played well. I mean, 60% completion, 203, two touchdowns, 10 carries, 42 yards. No turnovers. I mean, that's hard to lose with that stat line. Darius Wilson for the Tribe, though. 10 of 18, 55.6%, 144 yards. A pick, 10 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Probably the biggest factor was Bronson Yoder, the running back for William & Mary. 20 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown, though. Um And William and & Mary now goes up to number 11. Delaware slides back to number 13 in the new FCS poll this week. <clears throat> um, they hit a trick play, did William & Mary. You see Malachi Emo there, 4 carries, 9 yards, uh, hit a 13-yard touchdown pass as well. And then Delaware wide receiver Jordan Townsend, 8 catches, 91 yards, a touchdown. Um, Defensive lineman Nate Lynn for William & Mary, he recovered two fumbles. So I think Delaware lost the turnover battle. Uh, Probably that's why they lost. And then linebacker Drew Nichols for Delaware, one pick off of Darius Wilson. So yeah, good game. Um, I think that's the first... FCS game of the week that I have lost because y'all lost last week when I lone wolfed Elon Uh, but I think this is the first one I've lost so we'll try to get it back this week I haven't picked the FCS game of the week yet but we'll see Uh, William and Mary covered though minus 2.5 over 45.5 here we go look we have just enough time if we, it's not 6 o'clock yet. London, yep. Giants 27-22 over the Packers. You have the floor. Let me just, Logan. you know, get ready
1: here. Uh <laughs> might take up all the available time. we have. No, but look, whoever the equipment manager is, um, whoever assistant is in charge of, like, making sure everyone has their plane tickets and things like that, um, somebody needed to go on a covert mission to steal Joe Barry's passport because he should not have left left London. I cannot believe the game plan that after five weeks, he has just completely refused to abandon. And I'm not sure you can even call it a game plan because I've never seen any other team in the league say, you know what, we're going to go eight yards off coverage every play in almost any situation. I have a tweet up here. Saw it yesterday. Andy Herman, he's a beat beat, um, reporter for the Packers. He went through and was watching the game. There was a second and 19 play, right? Jair Alexander is matched up against Marcus Johnson. <laughs> who was signed off the practice squad this week mm-hmm. because, again, the Giants didn't have any of their receivers' health. Top four okay? out. Yeah, Yep, four out. Alexander's 10 yards off coverage. <laughs> 10 yards! And I guarantee you that's not Jair's doing. If you know Jair Alexander, he'd want to be impressed, man, every single, every single play up in the receiver's face. So... And that's how it was all game. They'd get him in second and longs. Mm. And Joe Barry would just be like, yeah, you know, we'll give him seven, make it a third and manageable form, and then just – I don't know what he's expecting to happen. You saw your defense get gashed by Bailey Zappi. And no offense to Bailey Zappi, we've talked about him a lot on this show. You know the what he's like the FBS record leader right in touchdowns. You know the Houston Baptist kid, um, yeah. incredible career at, at Western Kentucky. I think he could be a good backup. You can't play like that against a third string rookie, and just expect to be able to win games. And if you watch the game, the Packers deserved to lose this game. Lafleur got out coached. Barry got outcoached. The offense got outplayed. Um, And the defense just has not looked good. And they're too talented on that side of the ball for that to be the case. They've spent way too much money, way too much capital on that side of the ball for that defense to look like that. The Packers' defense right now is currently bottom five in the NFL. The other four teams that are with them are also bottom five in spending on that side of the ball. And the Packers are obviously very much not in that in that category. So, I mean, we talked about it in the preseason. This this was supposed to be a team built around good defense and a good running game because they were conceding, look, Adams is gone. We don't have that true weapon. We got to, you know focused on ground and pound, controlling the clock, getting the ball back to our MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And that's not, you're not going to win games like this. It's just not sustainable. Um, and, you know, it, it, I'm not going to put it all on the defense. Mostly is on the defense, which is why I opened with that. But, LaFleur and Rogers also have a lot of this at their feet as well because any amount of adversity this team faces, like any mm-hmm. at all, and they start to abandon the game plan. Mm-hmm. Just like last week, the Packers were running all over the Giants defense. I think AGA, I think Jones, yeah, you have you have Jones's up there 4.8 4, 4 average yards per carry, but he only had 13 carries. So they faced any kind of resistance and Rogers kind of reverted back to hero ball mode. There were a number of times in the third and fourth quarter where the defense was coming back after kind of a long drive. So they're gassed Mm -hmm. and we come out and we run three deep shots In a row. Pass, 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 punt. You're not going to win games like that, especially with how the rosters built. So I don't know what they have to do. I don't know what assistant needs to remind LaFleur and remind Rodgers that, hey, you have two really good backs in the backfield, and you have one of the best run-blocking lines in the NFL. Like, just keep using it. Especially as the game gets late, that's when you want to lean on them because you want to chew that clock, especially when you're in a lead. So, I don't know, man. It's it's it, it's something else. As currently constructed, this Packers team is not built to go very far if they keep playing like this.
0: Yeah, one thing they can uh, they can say at least is that. Devontae's not doing much better in Vegas right now with a 1-3 a squad. Uh right. <laughs> But, um, yeah, looking at this, the Giants were 6 of 11 on third downs. They outrushed the Packers. The Packers ran it 20 total times for 94 yards. It's a good average, 4.7 yards per carry, but the Giants ran it 31 times, 125 yards, averaging 4 yards a carry, but they also scored three rushing touchdowns uh on the day and my thing was the last two plays for the Packers offense okay the the third down was was batted okay (laughs) but on fourth down you go to another quick pass and you think that the Giants aren't gonna think he's throwing it quick again yeah it it doesn't register with me (laughs) that makes sense
1: and and the thing is, is like you, you have a third and two. It's fourth down territory anyways. Run it twice. Yeah. Run it twice. <laughs> You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. It, it made zero sense.
0: Yeah. And I know uh, our, our good friend Danny Potter yelled at me on Twitter for my, the Packers should miss the playoffs tweet, um, which I'll stand by at this point. Look, because right now they're not going to win the division. The Vikings are playing very well. So yeah, and the only team yeah. the Packers can beat is the Bears, apparently.
1: Uh. <laughs> right, and you know I I said this earlier in the show. I forget who I referenced it to. It was I think it was Houston or somebody somebody. The more close games you play, the more you're going to end up losing because that's just the nature of the NFL. This Packers team right now is playing teams incredibly close. The only blowout they've had, like you just said, is against the Bears. Everything else has been close. You can't win like that. You can't. It's not a sustainable way of playing football.
0: I don't know why they don't get Christian Watson more involved. Um why did you draft him in the second round if he's only gonna do yes. gadget plays? Yes, exactly. It doesn't make sense. And that,
1: that's another great point that, that I talked about on Twitter a lot with a lot of um, Packers fans is like they haven't used him in a as a wide receiver role since play one of week one. <laughs> and the play design works. He just had to execute it. And he will if you get him more chances. But they've completely abandoned that. Now, he left the game with a hamstring issue, and he's been kind of dealing with that ever since, you know, uh, the preseason and a little bit um, during the season. So maybe that's, like, causing some. That's the only thing I can think of is why that would happen. Um, Because if that's not the case, then they're completely mismanaging kind of what he can do um, for you to stretch the field vertically.
0: yeah. And at the worst, I think he's wide receiver three. Uh, Dobbs has played yeah. well the last couple of weeks. I was disappointed in his fantasy performance this week. I thought he would be pretty good against a Giants secondary, even though the Giants ranks coming into this game number one in fantasy against wide receivers, which was kind of crazy to me. Um, yeah. You know, Aaron likes Alan Lazard. He's the, the veteran and then obviously, I mean, we haven't seen a game like this from Randall Cobb since, like, uh, like 2013. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. He's still got some juice out there. Seven catches, 99 yards, 13 targets. Um, I don't think that's how you win if you're the Packers, throwing it to Randall Cobb 13 times.
1: No. And, and that's just it. I, I think – I think, honestly, it's pretty obvious that, at least in terms of physical talent, Dobbs and Watson are your two most valuable assets at the wide receiver position. And Aaron, one, needs to get over the fact that they aren't veterans who he trusts. Like, you just have to, you just have to use them. And you have to deal with some of the drops like that both of them have had. Yeah. You know, they both dropped touchdown, what would be touchdown passes. That's a fact, and that's understandable, but you got to get over it. You have to have a short memory in the NFL, and that applies to everyone, whether you're a 17-year vet or a rookie-wide receiver, especially with how the roster is constructed. So you just have to run the offense the way it is and just just live with that.
0: Yeah, Aaron, 64.1%, 222, two touchdowns. Daniel Jones, ultra-efficient, 77.8%. 217, 10 carries, 37 yards. Saquon was good again for the Giants. Um, already said about Cobb, Daniel Bellinger had a two-yard QB sneak, uh, a la Kansas City and Travis Kelsey, or Noah Gray from last week, I mean. But Travis does all that stuff too. Mercedes Lewis scored a touchdown for the first time in uh, a long time. Um, the only first-round pick to ever catch a touchdown. From Aaron Rodgers. He's caught a couple of them, and uh, even though he wasn't drafted by the Packers. Uh, And then Preston Smith is my defensive player of the game for the Packers. Four tackles, three solos, one sack, one tackle floss, three QB hits. Giants plus nine, over 42. I had the under, which was not great. Now that
1: I got that off my chest, (laughs) I'm going to head out. All right, man.
0: Have a you, good night, man. You too, too. Uh, the Bills. It's picket time, but not yet. Uh, Buffalo roll in the Steelers, thirty-eight to three in Buffalo. Josh Allen, sixty-four and a half percent, four twenty-four, four touchdowns and a pick, five carries, forty-two yards. Kenny Pickett was good, though. I'm telling you, the Steelers have something, and I knew it when they drafted him. Um, But he was the most competitive Steeler out there. I mean, 34 of 52, that's 65.4%. He beat Josh Allen, completion percentage already, his first start. 3.27, a pick, and one 10-yard run. Case Keenum came in for Josh Allen late. 2 of 5, 40% for 8 yards. Neither team could run the ball. It's been an issue for most of the year for the Steelers. Offensive line can't run the ball with Najee. That's why I traded Najee for J.K. Dobbins and Tyler Algier today. Uh, very happy about the return that I got for that For when Najee's only uh, ranked number 26 in terms of running backs. Touchdown dependent, not a lot of yards. Sometimes receptions, but we have to wait and see with Pickett. Gabriel Davis, I mean... Good Lord. The two catches he made were just out of this world. Uh, Three catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns on six targets. I was excited um, because I thought the Steelers were in a good spot. They had muffed. The um, opening kickoff, uh, but they were covered, and then uh, the the Bills had muffed the opening kickoff, and then they were covered, but at the two-yard line, the Steelers did a great job on the first two downs, stopping them for no-gain incompletion and then a no-gain run. But, dude, on 3rd and 10, you give up a 98-yard touchdown throw, that is just unspeakable. Uh, you cannot have that happen in that situation. You have to force a punt. Um, and But Josh Allen made the throw. Gabe Davis caught it, and he was gone. Um, 98-yarder for Gabe Davis. He also caught a uh, 62-yarder. That was even a better catch, a one-handed catch at that um so Gabe Davis terrific day uh and on my fantasy teams as well. Stefan Diggs also had a great day. He caught a long touchdown um or not a long one, but 15 yard touchdown there. 8 catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. Khalil Shakir caught a uh 24 yard touchdown. That was a great catch. The rookie out of Boise State, 3 catches, 75 yards, a touchdown and 5 targets. George Pickens was good again. He's Kenny's number one receiver, six catches, 83 yards, and nine targets there. Uh, Deontay Johnson also, a lot of targets, but a couple drops I was getting pissed off at Deontay throughout the game. Five catches, 60 yards on 13 targets there. Defensively, got to go with Bill's corner, Siren Neal, two tackles, one solo, four pass deflections, and a QB hit. Bill's cover, minus 14, under 44 and a half hit. Chargers escaping Cleveland, 30-28 to 28 win over the Browns. Um, Jacoby Brissett, 61.8%, 230 a touchdown. And a, an inexcusable pick, dude. I mean, I don't understand. They were driving. Um, he could have ran for the first down to go up in this game. Um, and I don't know how he didn't see the guy that was right in front of him, and he just threw it right to him. Uh, so uh, that pick there pretty much changed the game. Uh, the Browns did come back and had another chance at a game-winning field goal. Kid York pushed it to the right, though. Uh, three carries for 32 yards for Bursett as well. Justin Harbert, 64.7%. Not his best game, but this was a running game um, for both offenses. 228 yards, one touchdown. 5 carries, 13 yards. Like I said, the running backs went crazy. Austin Eckler, 15 carries, 173 yards, a touchdown. 4 carries, uh, 4 receptions, 26 yards, and another score. Nick Chubb for Cleveland, 17 carries, 134 yards. He scored 2 touchdowns. Josh Kelly scored for the Chargers. Kareem Hunt scored for the Browns. Um, Mike Williams had a great day for L.A. 10 catches, 134 yards, 13 targets there. David Njoku continues to be a great... Option for uh, the Browns six carry six receptions eighty eight yards on all on six targets, and then Amari Cooper on my fantasy bench seven catches seventy six yards a touchdown on twelve targets. Defensive player of the game Browns linebacker Jacob Phillips ten tackles seven solos one sack one tackle for loss. Chargers covered minus one and a half over forty seven easily. Uh, luckily for me, I had rounds plus two so it pushed. Vikings, 29-22 over the Bears and a close one. Kirk Cousins was electric, 78%, 296. One touchdown, a pick, and a rushing touchdown. Justin Fields for the Bears, 71.4%, 208. One touchdown, eight carries, 47 yards. Fields' best game by far this season. He still sucks, though. I'll keep saying that. Um, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, 18 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns, two catches for 27 yards. Justin Jefferson went crazy, 12 catches, 154 yards on 13 targets. Uh, Darnell Mooney had a crazy catch. One-handed uh, was a highlight reel on that one. Sports Center top 10, two catches, 52 yards on five targets. Valus Jones caught his first touchdown uh, in his rookie season out of Tennessee. Third-round pick, one catch for nine yards and, and a score on his only target. And then Jalen Rager, his first score as a Viking, a one-yard touchdown reception uh, on his only target. Defensively, got to go with uh, Vikings linebacker Daniil Hunter, six tackles, five solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, and a QB hit. Bears cover plus 8.5 over 44, which I cashed on that one. Patriots, uh, not much 29-0 29 to 0 shutout over the Lions, which is crazy to think. The Lions had been one of the best offenses in the league, and they got shut out by Bill Belichick's defense. Derek Goff, 54.3% completion, 229 a pick and a fumble. Bailey Zappi, he continues to be just efficient as all heck. 81%, 70, 17 of 21, 188 yards, one touchdown and a pick. Ramondre Stevenson was very good. Uh, Damian Harris entered in this game, so he had the bulk of the game, uh, bulk of the carries for most of the way. 25 carries, 161 yards, 2 catches for 14 yards. Jacoby Myers returned for this one uh, to a great performance, 7 catches, 111 yards on 8 targets. Josh Reynolds continues to be very good for Detroit, 6 catches, 92 yards on 10 targets. And then defensively, I got to go with... uh, I don't know. It's tough. All three of these guys, I'm just going to say them all because they all had great performances. Lions safety, Deshaun Elliott. 12 tackles, 10 solos, three tackles for loss, a pass deflection, and a pick. Patriots safety, Kyle Duggar. Five tackles, one solo, and a 59-yard fumble return for a touchdown off of golf. And then linebacker, Matthew Judon for the Patriots. Three tackles, two solos, two sacks, one tackle for loss, and four QB hits. Patriots cover minus three, under 47 I thought for sure the over was going to go. Saints, 39-32 over the Seahawks. Geno Smith continues to be stellar, 64%, 16-25, 268, three touchdowns, three carries for 13 yards. Andy Dalton, pretty good, uh, 66.7%. I forgot to put his uh, yardage up there, but he went uh, for 187, one touchdown and a pick. But it was Taysom Hill. That's how the Saints won this game was because of number 7. Tight end Taysom Hill, 9 carries, 112 yards, 3 touchdowns, 2 very long ones. And he also threw a 22-yard touchdown um, to Adam Trotman. Alvin Kamara was great, 23 carries, 103 yards, a fumble, six catches for 91 yards. Kenneth Walker had a long touchdown run after Rashad Penny got injured, eight carries, 88 yards, and a touchdown for the rookie who is going to be the starter moving forward. Tyler Lockett continues to produce for Geno, five catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns on six targets. And then Chris Olave injured in this game, but he scored again, the rookie out of Ohio State, four catches, 54 yards, a touchdown on six targets. Defensive end Cameron Jordan for the Saints is my defensive player of the game. Three tackles, two solos, one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits. Jets romping the Dolphins uh, in East Rutherford 40 to 17. Teddy Bridgewater got injured in this game only through one pass. It was an incompletion. Um, and it was an intentional grounding that led to a Jets safety uh Skylar Thompson though the seventh round rookie out of Kansas State pretty decent um in Bridgewater's place 57.6 percent 166 yards and a pick and a fumble uh possibly gonna have Thompson start again this coming week um if Tua cannot be back Bridgewater in the concussion protocol uh not sure what the status of Tua is, but they do host the Vikings, a tough matchup um, for Miami. Zach Wilson, though, 66.7%, 14-21, to 210 yards, and one rushing touchdown. That was the name of the game all day for both teams, was the ground game. Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins, 18 carries, 113 yards, a touchdown, and a 9-yard catch. Brees Hall, 197 total yards, 18 carries, 97 yards, And a touchdown also caught two balls for 100 yards. Um, Michael Carter, 10 carries, 21 yards, not very good, but he did score two touchdowns and had two catches for 12 yards. Tyreek Hill, leading receiver in the game, seven receptions, 47 yards. And you had two guys who ran touchdowns in. Tight end Durham Smythe for the Dolphins. He had one reception for eight yards on one target and then uh, a one-yard touchdown run. Wide receiver Braxton Berrios for the Jets. One catch for minus one yard on his only target, but he had a 15-yard rushing touchdown. Defensively have to go with defensive end Carl Lawson for the Jets. Uh, He had a Will Anderson type of stat line. Two tackles, one solo, one sack, and seven QB hits on Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. Also have to mention Sauce Gardner, the rookie number four overall pick for the Jets. Five tackles, three solos, one pass flexion, a QB hit, and his first career interception. Uh, the Jets plus three over 46 easily. Bucks in a close one, 21 15 over the Falcons with a controversial roughing the passer call to keep the Bucks' drive alive that uh, eventually led to the Bucks' win. Um, I thought it was okay of a call. Some officials have said that it shouldn't have been called, but he did throw him down. Uh, with force to the head, hitting the ground. So I kind of see what they were saying. But um, nonetheless, the Bucks did win. Tom Brady, 35 of 52, 67.3%, 351 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota for the Falcons, 14 to 25, 56%, 147 yards, a touchdown. Seven carries, 61 yards. Leonard Fournette, uh, great bounce-back game for him after a terrible performance against the Chiefs where they didn't run the ball at all. 14 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Also, great receiving performance, 10 receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, My guy Tyler Algier led the way in carries with Cordero Patterson on IR, 13 carries, 45 yards. Uh, Hopefully he can get more productive as the games go on. His fellow rookie corner, Avery Williams, Three carries, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Two catches, 10 yards. He's a do-it-all guy. Uh, Mike Evans led the way in receiving. Four catches, 81 yards on eight targets. And then uh, defensively, I'm going to go with uh, Bucs safety Antoine Winfield Jr. Eight tackles, seven solos, one sack, two tackles plus pass deflection, and a QB hit. Also got a shout-out, rookie defensive end Logan Hall for the Bucs. Three tackles, all of them solos, one sack, two tackle loss, and a QB hit. Falcons, plus 10, covered under 46. Titans, 21-17 over the Commanders. They are pretty bad. They should have won the game, though. It was a terrible throw by Carson Wentz. I don't know why you throw that, uh, and they didn't try to run the ball at all on the goal line. Um, But uh, Carson Wentz, 65.8%, 25 of 38, 359, two touchdowns at a pick, five carries, 15 yards. Ryan Tannehill for the Titans, 15-25, of 60%, 181 yards. And a touchdown, Derrick Henry was great, 28 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions, 30 yards. Fantastic story, Brian Robinson coming back uh, from getting shot twice in the leg and attempted armed robbery uh, in the preseason. Just, you know, can't say enough about the great story of him coming back. And he led the – the commanders and carries nine carries for 22 yards and rushing yards. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard only had one carry for zero yards, but he did have a receiving touchdown. And how about Deami Brown, second-year receiver out of North Carolina for the commanders? Two catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns on four targets. Great deep ball threat for Carson Wentz in this game. Um, and defensively, have to go with I mean. What a game by Washington defensive end Montez Sweat. Six tackles, five solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, four QB hits. He, Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans, and James Smith-Williams, all very good games, uh, along with Cole Holcomb for uh, the Commanders. Titans were a pick em, so they covered in the under-43 hit. Texans, they get their first win of the season, 13 to six in Jacksonville. Make it nine in a row for Houston against the Jags. Crazy stat, kind of like the Colts losing to the Jags all those years in a row in Jacksonville right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 47, 53.2 percent, 286 two picks, four carries for 29 yards. Davis Mills, 16-24, 66.7%, 140 yards. But it was Damian Pierce. He was the story of the game. He's why the Texans can win uh, and why they should be able to to keep winning if they can keep giving the ball to him. 26 carries, 99 yards, a touchdown, 3 catches, 14 yards on 5 targets. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., he had a 100-yard day, 7 receptions, 104 yards on 11 targets. Evan Ingram, tight end for the Jags, 6 catches, 69 yards on 10 targets. Defensively, I'm going to go with uh, Jags, linebacker, Foyasade, Aluakon, 8 tackles, 6 solos, 1 sack, 2 tackles for loss, 2 QB hits. And then shout-out, Texans corner Derek Stingley Jr., his first career interception, 7 tackles, 6 solos, 2 pass selections, and a pick. Texans plus 7 under 43.5. Niners. Crushing the Panthers at home, 37 to 15. Jimmy Garoppolo, 18 of 30, 60%, 253, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, 20 of 36, 55.6%, 215 and a pick. P.J. Walker came in after Mayfield got injured, 5 of 6, 83.3%, 60 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr. was great, 17 carries, 120 yards, a touchdown and a 12-yard reception. CMC scored again for the Panthers, 14 carries, 54 yards, a touchdown. Seven receptions for 50 yards on 12 targets. Tevin Coleman scored two touchdowns in the game. Very good for him. Shai Smith, leading receiver in the game. Four catches, 69 yards on five targets. Great to see him involved. Debo was limited in this game by the Panthers' D. To carry two receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. A lot of great defensive performances in this game. I'm going to go with uh, 49ers corner Emmanuel Mosley two tackles both of them solos two pass deflections and a 41 yard pick six Nick Bosa was great all day as was Fred Warner and uh, the rest of the Niners defense Niners covered minus six over 39 and a half easily the only undefeated team in the NFL the Philadelphia Eagles are five and zero for the third time in franchise history 20-17 to 17 over the Cardinals in Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray, 28-42, 66.7%, 250, one touchdown and a pick, four carries, 42 yards. Jalen Hurts was great again, 26-36, 72.2%, 239 yards, 15 carries, 60 61 yards and two more rushing touchdowns. Uh, he has the most rushing touchdowns with 19 in his first 25 games. That passes Cam Newton. Uh, Miles Sanders led the way rushing in the game outside of Jalen Hurts. 15 carries, 58 yards, 2 catches for 6 yards. Uh, Eno Benjamin scored a touchdown. Dallas Goddard was fantastic again, 8 catches, 95 yards on 9 targets. Devontae Smith, 10 catches, 87 yards on 11 targets. and uh, Wide receiver Marquise Brown for the Cardinals, 8 receptions, 78 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. And then Zach Ertz also had 10 targets, caught 6 of those for 48 yards. Defensively, I'm going to go with um, Cardinals corner Byron Murphy, Jr. Nine tackles, seven solos, a half a sack, three tackles for loss, pass flexion, and a QB hit. Zach Allen for the Cardinals also uh, worth mentioning. Cardinals did cover, though, plus 5.5, under 48.5. I cashed that ticket there. Cowboys, surprising 22-10 to over the Rams. Cooper Rush is 5-0 and in his career, y'all. Oh, um, four wins this year, one last year. Just ridiculous um, that they continue to win. They won't this week, though. Not in Philly. Not going to happen. Matthew Stafford, though, 28-42, 66.7%, 308. One touchdown, a pick, two fumbles. The Dallas defense is, is I mean, they are crazy good. Cooper Rush... 10 of 16, not asked to do much, 62.5%, 102 yards. They ran the ball efficiently. Tony Pollard, 8 carries, 86 yards, a touchdown, long touchdown run for him. Uh, Cam Akers couldn't get anything going on the ground for L.A. And Cooper Cup continues to dominate, 7 receptions, 125 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. Uh, Had a long, crazy good one-handed reception that led to a touchdown um, that he ran in. Tyler Higby also, 7 interceptions, 46 yards, 10 targets, most targeted tight end in football. A lot of great defensive performances in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys defensive tackle, Osa Adigizua, though. Two tackles, both of them solos, one sack, two tackles for loss, four QB hits on Stafford. And then defensive end Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys also, two tackles, both solo, and a 19-yard fumble return for a touchdown to open the scoring. Cowboys plus 5, under 41.5. Sunday Night Football, Ravens walk it off on a Justin Tucker field goal, 19-17 to against the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow, 24-35, 68.6%, 217, a touchdown and a pick. Also added a rushing touchdown there. Lamar Jackson, 19-32, 59.4%, 174, a touchdown and a pick. 12 carries, 58 yards. Jackson struggled. I was happy to see that. Um, But the Ravens did end up getting the win on their final drive. Joe Mixon, leading ball carrier in the game, 14 carries, 78 yards, three catches for 10 yards. Mark Andrews, eight receptions, 89 yards, one touchdown on 10 targets. Jamar Chase, he had seven catches, 50 yards on 12 targets. I think Burrow severely missed T. Higgins in this game. Uh, Tyler Boyd just was not able to create the separation that T does as the wide receiver to, to chase. Uh, and then defensively, we're gonna go with Bengals linebacker Jermaine Pratt, eight tackles, two solos, one sack, tackle for loss, two pass deflections, and a QB hit. Do it the shout out JPP for making a comeback uh, and making a big impact in uh, his second game with Baltimore. Bengals did cover plus three. Under 47.5 hit, I cashed both of those. Uh, the under, I cashed live at 44.5. NFL news, we had a trade go down uh, this week. It is the Atlanta Falcons sending linebacker Dion Jones currently on IR for a shoulder injury and a 2024 seventh-round selection to the Cleveland Browns trying to get some linebacker help. Uh, and the Browns sent back a 2024 sixth-round selection. So I think it's a good deal for both sides. The Browns only uh, had to pay the minimum because uh, the Falcons restructured uh, Jones's contract for this season, so that helps Cleveland salary cap-wise this year. Uh, and for the Falcons, they get a bad contract off their books. That's what they've been doing uh, this year, trying to create the... Uh, the team that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot want. Uh, NFL news-wise, the some general stuff. The Panthers are the first team to fire their coach this season. One and four. Uh, they have fired head coach Matt Rule today, effective immediately. 11 and 27 in two-plus seasons. Uh, one and four this year. Um. You know 10 and 23 the the first two years not good uh, defensive coordinator Phil snow also fired with role uh, run game coordinator Al Holcomb will replace him as DC and in terms of interim head coach defensive pass game coordinator slash secondary coach Steve Wilkes former Arizona Cardinals head coach uh, for one season before Cliff Kingsbury came in in 2018 uh, he will be the Panthers interim head coach. Also, free agent wide receiver Odell Buckham Jr., he is targeting a mid-November return. All signs point to him having a good amount of suitors when he returns, including the LA Rams and the New York Giants. Speaking of New York teams, the only team actually located geographically in the state of New York, the Buffalo Bills, they have reached out to the Panthers about running back Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, seeing about his availability. There's no way David Deppert will let uh, the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey. No chance. Can can kibosh that one right now. Uh, IR-wise, just one player put on it right now. Uh, Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks dealing with a hamstring injury, I believe it is. So he will miss the next four weeks. Uh, And then an IR activation, Bears getting help at receiver, wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who they traded for this preseason. Uh, He is coming back off of an ankle injury, I think it was. Other injuries here, a laundry list of them. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, he has a partially torn lat muscle. Near his right shoulder, he had a procedure Friday. It was a uh, injection to try to improve the discomfort. I think that's what I have too. You know, I have some shoulder issues, so we'll s- I think uh, me and Russ might be similar in that regard. So we'll see. He's going to play through it though. No surgery uh, on the horizon for Russell Wilson at this point. Steelers linebacker T.J. Watt going to be back a little bit longer than what people originally thought. Uh, he had arthroscopic knee surgery, so he's going to be out. Um, a few weeks more than the initial six-week deadline um, for his uh, meniscus. Is it meniscus? I believe so. Uh, the, or no, a peck, tor- uh, partial torn peck, yeah. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott likely won't be ready for Sunday Night Football, uh, but he has not been ruled out yet this week jets offensive tackle dwayne brown he uh got activated off ir played this week against the dolphins he is currently playing through a torn rotator cuff elected not to have surgery gonna try to rehab and play through it steelers tight end pat fryermuth and corner levi wallace they both are in concussion protocol um as is saints wide receiver chris Olave. Bad news for the Seahawks. Running back Rashad Penny, he fractured his fibula. He's going to have surgery this week. Um, It is season-ending surgery. He's out about four months um, with the tightrope surgery. Going to get his uh, fibula plated to help support the ankle. And uh, luckily for him, there was no additional damage to his ankle. 49ers have some injuries. Corner Emmanuel Mosley had the pick six off of Baker Mayfield. Uh, yesterday. He is out for the year. He his ACL. Uh, also with San Fran, defensive back Jimmy Ward, he has a broken hand. Uh, so he will be out a little bit. Raven safety Marcus Williams, he has a dislocated wrist. He's going to miss significant time. They're going to try to figure out if he can play with a cast or not. Eagle center Jason Kelsey has a lower ankle sprain in his left foot. Uh, he will be playing through that Knowing Jason Kelsey, he uh, he will not miss a game. Not against the Cowboys, especially on Sunday night this week. Saints wide receiver slash kicker turner Deontay Hardy. He has a turf toe injury. He's out a few months and possibly could be season-ending. Um, might need surgery on that. Panthers quarterback Baker Mayfield. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out a couple weeks. That means P.J. Walker is in line to start for Carolina. Um, we'll have to wait and see how long, how much longer Sam Darnold is out. He could possibly make an appearance, I think, uh, in the coming week or two. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, he has a sprained ankle and left tackle Jonah Williams, MCL sprain. They are both day-to-day. We'll have to monitor those injuries. Would have been nice to know T. Higgins wasn't going to play that much, uh, before I put him in my parlays for last night. That didn't hit, anyways. It's fine. And then ins and outs for uh, tonight's game Chiefs kicker Harrison Bucker. He is out. Uh, and th- also with the Chiefs, offensive lineman Trey Smith, wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. They are both questionable. So we do have one. Uh, I, th- I believe there's there's some college games during the week. I'd have to check. Do we have Maxion coming back? Um. We do not have Maxion, but we do have three games this week in between shows. Starting off tomorrow night, we have a college game. It's the Sun Belt game. Louisiana, two and three, the Raging Cajuns at Marshall, three and two herd. Um, that one is six uh seven thirty on Wednesday on ESPN two. Marshall is ten and a half point favorites and the over-under is forty-seven and a half. And then uh, Baylor on Thursday, we got two games. Baylor, three and two Bears at the two and three West Virginia Mountaineers. That one's at 7 p.m. on FS1. The the Baylor Bears are favored three and a half points. And the total is set at forty 54.5. Uh and then finally. The Temple Owls 2-3 and three, at the 4-1 and one UCF Black Knights. Um, that one is also at 7 p.m. on ESPN. UCF is favored by 23 at home, and the over-under is set at 46. Interesting game. That one is with uh, Kurt Warner's son, E.J. Warner, being the starting quarterback for the Temple Owls. Um, look forward to watching him play. Pick standings, yeah, we got some separation a little bit now. Mark and I sit alone at the top still. At six and four, we went one and one last week. Uh, Peter went one and one with us. We all picked the uh, the Broncos on Thursday, and uh, it did not work out very well. Um, but on Monday. We had all picked, or we had, everyone had picked the Niners except for Logan. Um, So, yeah, Logan goes 0-2. He drops down to third place, 5-5, one game back from Mark and I. And then Peter continuing to battle, but he is still two back of us and one of Logan. So tonight... In about 45 minutes, we got the Raiders, 1-3, at the Chiefs, 3-1. Chiefs, 7-point favorites. We are all on the Kansas City Chiefs. That means the Raiders are going to win. Patrick Mahomes is very good against the Raiders um, in his career, so that bodes well. I have Travis Kelsey scoring the first touchdown in this game, but I also have Raiders plus 7.5, so if you want, take the points with that. That is what my guy recommends. Over-under for this one is 51.5. Uh, I do like the over. I don't believe in either of the defenses, really. This one is at 8.15 on ESPN. Thursday night, I mean, what is the NFL doing to us on Thursday nights right now? It's just terrible game after terrible game. Uh, but here it is, Commanders 1-4 at the Bears, 2-3. The uh, It's a pick em game, so pick your side. I am... Lone wolfing the Washington Commanders. Uh, I will be wearing my Carson Wentz jersey on Thursday night, um, and we're gonna we're gonna try try to get this win in Chicago. Justin Field sucks. I think the Commanders have a better overall team, especially defensively with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, et cetera. Cole Holcomb a linebacker. I just think they're overall a better team, and I think Chicago uh, is going to lose in primetime at home. Over-under is 39.5. Uh, I'm going to go over that. I think uh, we see better game than we have seen the last couple of weeks on Thursdays. And then 8.15 on prime video. Next week we'll be back, NFL Week 6, Monday Night Football Week 7 kickoff. Uh, finally a th- good Thursday night matchup, Saints at the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins will be back for that game, so I'm interested to see that him against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, and as always, we'll have your uh, NCAA game recaps and NFL game recaps uh, to go along with any NFL and college football news. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at FAA underscore bets uh, is our other Twitter handle, and then FAApodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you back for Football Friday.